0: All right, Holman, I can wait no longer. It's been one second into the show. <laughs> All right. News the news. I'm ready for it. What are you waiting what is, for? What is the Titan news that oh. just came out of the no. Texas State Fair? I'm not, I'm not telling you that. You have to wait till What's New in Trucks.
1: You can't do it in the beginning because then nobody will listen to the rest of the show. Really? Yeah, we have a really good show. You're going to make me wait. Yeah, there's a ton of Titan news. But, like, we do uh-huh. What's New in Trucks like three quarters into the show. Yeah, that's how why people stay. But we have so much, we're so front-loaded with guests on this uh, on this one, we 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 just can't do it yet. I can't tell you yet. You may leave. You may hear the <laughs> awesomeness of the Nissan Titan, the mm-hmm. 2020 Titan redesigned news with all of its amazing um, glory, and then you'll
0: walk out because you forgot that you still have a show to do, and I can't I can't risk that. And the news coming out of the Texas State Fair about the Nissan Titan is will be revealed in about an hour. Oh, I hate you. Yeah, Come you on have now. Yeah, you're to finish the show. Uh, all right. First, though, we want to thank yes. Nissan for being our presenting sponsor. Yes, they still got that kick-ass warranty that you should know about. we for giving us a whole lot to talk about in about an hour or so. Yes. Five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, which is still the hot ticket. So go into your local Nissan dealer. If you're looking for uh, – maybe you don't need a Titan or a Titan XD. You want something smaller, check out the Frontier. Looking for a van? Check out the Nissan NV.
1: And check out NissanUSA.com to uh, configure your vehicles and see what kind of awesome options. And uh, maybe there'll be
0: some uh, 2020 news on the website.
1: There might be. Yeah, don't look yet, though, because- okay, no, uh, we're going to break I mean, it, I want to I I tell you. We're,
0: we want to break right. it, too. Yes, exactly. And we want to thank our friends at DECT. If you're looking for a fantastic way to store your tools, your surfboard, your wetsuit, or your skis, your guns, Zant. DECT. Sand? I guess you could store sand. I mean, why wouldn't you?
1: (laughs) I don't know why we store sand. Maybe you want to have a sandcastle in your backyard and you have no way of transporting it. Maybe it's rare white sand from a white sand beach. What about black sand? Black sand do you go oh, are Well, cooler. That's cool too. Yeah. Yeah. And you just don't want people to steal the sand out of your back of your pickup
0: truck? What made you think of sand of all the I things that no store idea. in drawers? I was, like,
1: I was thinking about vacation actually, because <laughs> I've been working for about uh fourteen or fifteen days straight as of this recording. Yeah. And I'm delirious. Yeah. So what we're hoping is we'll give you a really good uh three hundred and sixty-degree view of what's going on in the world of emissions, diesel, and gas, and uh, make this uh really confusing topic as clear as uh, the smoke coming out of your clean diesel exhaust stack. <laughs> Can we start now? Uh, let's start the show. All right.
0: The truck show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with the truck show. We have the lifted, we have the lowered, and everything in between. We'll talk about trucks that run on diesel. The ones that run on gasoline The Truck Show, The Truck Show, The Truck Show oh, oh. It's The Truck Show with your hosts, Lightning and Holman well, but I wanted to get the show started with um, an l- email that I just received from SEMA.
1: How, uh, how fortuitous, because this happens to be our emissions episode, apparently. I <laughs> think <and laughs> it's going to turn we, out that way. We had no guests an hour ago, and we have like 15 guests now. So know. Uh, including this letter, I'm counting this letter as a guest. Oh, really? Okay, Yeah, all right. yeah this is a guest.
0: So this is to all SEMA members in the performance market. It's regarding... Does it needed its own intro? Should it be pull up and in- inbox and share? No, I don't think okay, so. All right, no, just I'm checking. just going to read this straight. All right. Okay, so this is regarding EPA and CARB compliance, emissions-related products. The U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, the EPA, continues to pursue enforcement against aftermarket defeat devices. Specifically, companies that manufacture, sell, market, or install electronic tuners or emissions-related products that may be subject to EPA scrutiny. The same applies to California Air Resource Board, CARB, which may question whether products sold or manufactured in the state are emissions compliant. Often the companies subject to EPA or CARB enforcement are unaware that they may be doing something wrong. This update is intended to inform you on the current enforcement priorities at the agencies and options concerning emissions related laws and regulations. So basically this is SEMA sending an email out to the members saying, uh, Danger Will Robinson, let us tell you what's going on. Regulators regularly review aftermarket manufacturer, distributor, and retailer web- websites to identify products that will take a vehicle out of compliance with applicable clean air standards. Investigators will look at these claims made about performance enhancement and any listed limitations on the use of the products to identify potential illegal products. And in some cases, enforcement officials have made unannounced visit to manufacturing or distribution facilities. It bears mentioning that EPA enforcement can either be civil enforcement, the most common where an inspector unannounced shows up and requests access, which can be denied, or criminal. If a criminal warrant is secured, the EPA may execute a police-style raid or entry. Which, by the way, is very unpleasant if you're on the wrong end of that. While recent anecdotal news suggests that these actions may be occurring more frequently, SEMA is not aware of an increase in... In criminal enforcement actions. All right, so what this goes on and on and on. It's a very long email. It basically says, "Heads up, guys. Yep, if if, the you, heat's you're, coming. if you're doing stuff that you know to be illegal or you think might be yeah. illegal, call you better, us. You better stop. We'll advise you, yeah. or we'll find someone who can. Well, advise here's the problem, you and you better stop.
1: Y- even if you stop now, it might be too late. Uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, FCA Fiat Chrysler Automobiles." If you guys remember, for the diesel gate on the on the eco diesel, everyone remembers that. And Volkswagen, so, well, that, and that's a, obviously a separate deal. But Volkswagen kind of started, you know, started the dominoes, right? Uh, just today, well, so going back, Fiat Chrysler agreed to pay 800 million. Damn. To resolve civil claims from the Justice Department, so the state officials, customers. Justice Department alleged that the company installed illegal software allowing more than 100,000 diesel-powered vehicles (laughs) to dupe government emission tests then pollute beyond legal limits on the road. Emmanuel Palma, a diesel drivability and emissions senior manager at Fiat Chrysler, was charged criminally with conspiring to commit wire fraud defraud the United States, violating the Clean Air Act, and making false statements about the emissions system used on Fiat Chrysler's U.S. diesel vehicles according to a grand jury indictment dated September 18th. Palma was arrested by the FBI at his residence in Bloomfield Hills, Michigan, without incident this morning. Oh, my gosh. So it's not just the aftermarket guys. It's the big guys, too, and they're getting serious about this. And the fact that criminal stuff is is happening... OE's, aftermarket, and I've even heard conversation from CARB through some of the email I think we had talked about previously. There's consideration about going uh, against the individual end user at some point as yeah. well.
0: You know, right now, I, I think that it's uh, very expensive to play whack-a-ball with, uh, you know, the individuals, yeah. you know, the end consumer. But that doesn't
1: mean- It doesn't mean they're protected. not going
0: to. Yeah, I mean, they do it with big rigs. You know, they've done it with- Well, look
1: at, yeah, look at the small business of the independent truckers who have been forced to clean, do clean emissions on their sole, you know, proprietorship- rig in order to keep you know hauling in California and stuff like that. So lots going on. Um, and yes, the Justice Department had previously charged a number of current and former executives at Volkswagen for their diesel gate. We're not done yet. This stuff is happening. We're probably seeing you know the beginning or the middle. Where I don't think we're getting close to the end. And those are just the people that have been caught so far too. So uh, just be aware. You know what I, I think we should do? Uh, I know you have Clint Cannon from ATS yep. lined up, mm-hmm. and I heard that Corey Willis from PPEI might actually
0: be there. Do we know? I have heard that he is at ATS. I don't know if he's going to be on the phone. Okay. We're going to find out when we dial. All right, let's, let's call them because I kind of want to start talking about— you know, you know, It's crazy because Corey, as you recall some of you, kind of set off this— It's not fair to call it a firestorm. Yeah, social firestorm, a little bit. So that was last, uh, well, it would have been two Two Fridays ago, right? And he put out a release that said, we're not going to offer any more off-road tunes. Race uh, only, off-road, all that, yeah. He had become kind of the primary source as of the last, what, four or five years or so? For those types of tunes, I don't know if I'd say primary, but he's a major player. A major in player, market. yeah. Not yeah. the. I guess he's not. Yeah. The, that makes it sound like he's the older. Yeah. One. I don't want There's him to. I,
1: I don't want to out him as like a a kingpin or something like <laughs> no. that, right? Oh, kid, come over in the corner of the <laughs> dark alley. We'll get you get you some smack for that diesel. No, no, no. no, no. It's not like that. Uh, but well, let, let's just give him a call because uh, I think we probably get some uh, some updates from them.
0: Hey, Jay. Hey, Clint Cannon. This is uh, Lightning at Home, and truck show podcast. How you doing? Good on, Clint. Good. How's it going today? Fantastic. Don't move. we got to play a quick intro. Pull up a stool and share. Pull up a stool and share a, a story. story. Pull up a stool and share. How about you pull up a stool and share with us? Now, Clint's not actually here, so we can't pull up a stool. But I will say that in his lobby, he has some pretty rad stools. So if right, we he were does there, have some good stool, yeah. we would put. They're like these giant, like uh,
1: not. Oak. You mean, at ATS Diesel in uh, Arvada, Colorado.
0: Yes, that place, or Arvada, or Ar. Nobody can say it right.
1: What's the correct
0: pronunciation, Clint? Arvada. 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 Oh, we were right. right. Okay. Right. Yeah, we're that's, close. That's pretty good. So, Clint, we're calling you today as uh, you, like many people, have been following what's going down in the uh, in the diesel enthusiast space. The EPA and CARB uh, are cracking down, and we figure that you are an authority in kind of the like you said, the enthusiast space. You've been in and around it. You've well, got great that, perspective.
1: But, but being at the leading edge of clean diesel performance, I Absolutely. think Clint's one of those guys who saw the writing on the wall years ago and started to uh, started to look for solutions so that we could have our fun and be in compliance. And uh, it looks like uh, there are some changes afoot and uh, some major things came down in really the last couple of weeks.
2: Yeah, tier three. <laughs> <laughs> We've got uh, Corey with us as well from PPPI, and he's uh, up here. We're doing a little bit of a little bit more work on kind of knocking some of this stuff out and figuring out what's going on with it. But, you know, I think we're definitely ahead of the game on it. You know, it's, uh, it's interesting times, but it's uh, just to be expected. You know, this stuff's coming. <laughs> Hey, Jay, is
3: there any way that you could possibly fill me in on some of these changes you're talking about? (laughs) (laughs) See? I love that guy. (laughs) Give us a background, a little primer on uh,
0: what's going on. And this is, by the way, super cool because I didn't expect Corey to be on the phone. There were some rumors that he might be up at ATS with Clint, but this is really special. Yeah, we appreciate it, guys.
3: So a little background, what's going on? I mean, it's been coming for a very long time, you know? It's uh, the, the, the interpretation of of the laws have always been kind of in question and um the stance that the epa is taking now it's becoming a little bit more apparent of the way that they they perceive it so you know following suit and gearing up for the future that's that's kind of what we're all aiming
0: for. Corey, you put out a press release, or PPEI put out a press release, uh, it was last Friday that announced that uh, PPEI would no longer be offering race tunes, off-road tunes, whatever, and since that time um, I have watched every major YouTuber that's in the diesel or off-road or truck space issue their opinion, and they all hold (laughs) up their hands, they all hold up their hands and they do the air quotes, and they say, this is my opinion about what's going down. And it's interesting how it started Friday afternoon. Well, it's great when this See all the Facebook law degrees that are out there, right? There's quite a few of them. So everyone had an opinion. And by the way, what I found out is that everyone personally knows Corey, and I don't think he knows these dudes. You know, it's like every dude that drives a lifted yeah. truck's like, well, you know well, what? I heard from I, Corey. I heard from Corey, and yeah. I spoke to Corey. I'm like, you know what? I happen to know that you didn't yeah. speak with him. Seriously. Well, they're,
1: they're, it's because if you go to Corey's page right on Instagram, he's been putting out videos and kind of explaining, hey guys, here's my stance, here's what's going on. And uh, that was I think people feel that they have that personal connection. Well, I heard straight from Corey. So basically what we're talking about is the gray area that a lot of enthusiasts have enjoyed over the past decade uh, or more of performance diesel is basically becoming a very black and white area very quick. And a lot of things have happened, and there have been enforcements, let's say, and judgments out there, and
0: there are a lot of – a Lot of people that are under scrutiny, let's say. Does that sound correct? Yeah, but I, I think that there is kind of a history. If you're in the diesel enthusiast community, you 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 know, Idaho Rob, I think was one of the first guys and there was H and S tuners and some other some other people who are who notable um, in the space and were the EPA kinda slapped their, their wrist and said, you know, no more of this. You gotta get out of it, you know, we can't do this anymore. And um and they and they either pivoted their business or whatever they did, and I think Corey was in that space making, okay. making these race tunes. And I think, Corey, I'd like you to speak to it. You were questioning what is a race vehicle and what is not. Is that what kind of happened here?
3: Yeah. And, and you know, I'm, I'm a little limited on everything I can say quite at the moment. But, you know, our stance was is that there is a, there is a, a racing market. And, you know, if you were at a SEMA a few years ago, it was apparent the stance taken on a street vehicle converted to a race vehicle. You know, under the impression, especially from the stance that the EPA was taking at that point in time, you know, uh, you would think that you would be able to follow a certain set of guidelines and manufacture a racing product uh, for racing. And, um, you know, we still we still question that stance, no doubt. But, you know, with the way that EPA is coming in with enforcement on people and uh, how they're making their language a little bit more uh, a little bit more obvious, so to speak. Uh, we're, we're basically just going to try to move forward with all the straight up street calibrations and, um, you know, see how their whole race market plays out. But as of now, there's just so many opportunities for the the uh, emissions owned type market. And, you know, especially being up here with Clint and ATS and a lot of really good minds, we're able to take and actually see how far in advance these guys are. And the market's a lot further along than what is publicly known. And I think that's something that's important for people to understand um, is that this this street legal market, you know, not even arguing racing, the street legal market is is absolutely awesome. I mean, I just rode in Clint's truck and it absolutely had me pinned to the back of the seat that's on forty inch tires. It's like wow. So it's really nice that, you know, people like Clint and ATS have taken, you know, this initiative a long time ago and Said, you know, if you know, in the day it happens that we're ready to go, and they, I mean, it's cool. I mean, it looks bright for the industry, in my opinion. It's definitely not a dark day,
0: Corey. uh, It was interesting following your Instagram in the last week or so. Um, you were kind of not arguing with your fans, but having a pretty stern discussion with hey, if I could offer you a tune, an emissions approved tune that would pass. Even the most stringent of of regulations, and it gave you the same thing that you're looking for, and it had all of your equipment, your emissions equipment on, and it wouldn't you be and interested? it was more efficient
1: with DEF and other things like that,
0: right? But g- by, guys were kind of still arguing with you; they were yeah. still hell bent on. I want to get rid of my. Well, that's emissions the freedom equipment. thing,
1: right? That that's what it comes down to. Is guys want to do what they want to do. It's not necessarily about the outcome. It's just they feel like the thumb of the government is coming down on them, and they want to say, no, F you, and stick it to the government, right? Like that's, that's essentially what it is. Because if Corey can give you the same or similar performance uh, and have more efficient you know, uh, okay. use of your uh, diesel exhaust fluid and does all the things you want it to do, and it keeps the truck closer to factory in terms of not having any weird lights on and all that kind of stuff, but you still get that performance, why wouldn't you do it, right? But
0: there, well, been, that was his—that was his argument. Right, Corey right, was right. saying, "Why, wouldn't, why you, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you?" And the guys are like, "Well, because." And they had all these because, reasons. Well, the
1: reason—the reason is because I don't want somebody telling me that I have to do it. I want to make that decision on my own, right? I, I want to—I want to come to—I want to come to that conclusion and then decide for myself. I don't want it to be forced upon me.
3: You're—you're you're, you're right. And I think another thing is too, though, is that anytime there's a change or there's a a, a progression forward, there's always going to be people that are apprehensive about that change. So. If we take the scenario of cassettes to CDs, and then we take the scenario of CDs to iPods,
0: oh, you're hurting um, me because I, I lived through those, man. I lived through those, <laughs> that cassette. Now, look I didn't get the I didn't get the eight track to the cassette, but I got the cassette to the CD. <laughs> still,
3: people out there that will argue the fact that the cassette um, sounds more raw than an iPod does, and you know what? They're entitled to their opinion, and that's how they feel. But also, well, they're wrong. Uh, they're true. straight up wrong. I mean, it's just a, it's a cassette is
0: a hissy mess of junk. Yeah, but vinyl, on the other hand, now vinyl that's yeah. a different story. Yeah,
3: Yeah. now see, you're exactly, right, but that's exactly how we feel about a lot of the people that argue the uh, <laughs> their perspective on the net as well. But ultimately, the thing is, this. a lot of people really aren't educated on the matter, and they don't understand that these newer trucks and newer emission systems actually work really, really well. And they can save a lot of money and still have a lot of horsepower, and the truck drive's amazing.
1: Well, let's face it, though, just as we have evolved, the truck manufacturers have evolved, the technology has evolved. So these aren't—you've been trained—we know all of us as enthusiasts have been trained from the dark days of when the emission systems got put on uh, factory trucks. But since that time, technology has caught up. Not only do we have the highest horsepower and torque out out of the history of factory diesel trucks— but you also have emission systems that are incredibly efficient compared to where they were when they started. And so you definitely have a lot better platform to work from. And kind of like what we talked about last week. In last week's show, we said, listen, it's better to be a leader and to show people how to do it than it is for somebody to tell you how to do it. Yeah,
0: right? it's more painful, admittedly. It, it is, but
1: if you think of the alternative, which is this whole thing goes away and we can't have any fun at all, honestly, this is what hope looks like.
3: Uh, whenever Clint did this years ago, you know, he was taking all kinds of heat and all kinds of, of madness. But you know, it's whenever you're leading and that's you know, say we're leading somebody's leading through the woods and they're making the way, guess who's getting all the scratches in the front on the front lines?
1: That's right. You know, once and you blaze uh, that path, uh, there's a path a for people experience. to come through.
3: Yep, but once the trail's blazed then you know it's it's there and you've got people in the industry that's done some really good things in that line.
1: And would you prefer to have Corey and Clint figure out a solution? And have the EPA accept that solution, and it's driven by enthusiasts, or would you rather have the EPA, who aren't car enthusiasts or truck enthusiasts or diesel enthusiasts or performance guys, come through and mandate this is how it's going to be done, and there is no latitude for the performance and the hobbyist or... Any of that? Well, right? that's
0: kind of what we heard last week when we spoke with John Espino yep. over, over at Banks, and he yep. said that about Gale. He kind of because you know we saw that meme going around that we discussed, which is yep. who's behind the EPA, and they unmasked the bad guy, and it was it was Gale, as if Gale is ratting people out, and right. Clint knows, which, that, which isn't the case. He knows that there's nothing further from the truth, right. and it, it had Gale not gotten involved and with some other guys early back in the day the EPA would have stepped in or CARB would have stepped in and just put these crazy mandates and, and put the diesel aftermarket out of business. So, I mean, Clint was there. He saw it. I want to hear from Clint for a second. And when you were first stepping out and and advocating for clean, you know, clean diesel emissions on, et cetera, explain those lumps that you were taking from like crazy enthusiasts.
2: Well, there's kind of two things that were happening. One, you know, the technology didn't really exist. So these, so these early first gen, after treatment systems and the engine management systems they they were mandated so quickly they weren't ready you know so you have your old 64 fords and and you know the early Cummins. you know prior to scr you know they really didn't work i mean they would work okay if they were bone stock and i say okay you know you're going to be servicing that exhaust system literally like taking it off replacing it doing something to it because it's going to be soot loaded so there was a really big change in technology the way they clean the dpf the way they cook them down the way they process the fuel you know in the cylinder so they really didn't work well so it was really in order to keep the diesel performance market kind of going i mean there was almost no choice but to you know whack those things off and delete them and that's and that's a lot of what people just think about today well you know come around you know 12 or 13 when these trucks started getting efficient and we have technology on our side injection technology got better and The SCR system was added and programming got better, you know, and the technology overall, the way they clean them changed that, you know, all of a sudden we started having having a viable system that the factory was putting out that was that would support, you know, some of these aftermarket mods and then everything opened up. So, you know, one of the big things is we've really got to educate our consumer and everybody needs to understand that the first 07 DPF truck is nothing like the trucks that we started seeing with when urea was added, essentially when the SCR was added. So, you know, that's a big, I mean, that's a big change. And that's one of the things that everybody really needs to kind of step back. And I hope that, that they can, we can educate them on that these early trucks, you know, were they were predecessor. I mean, they were not, they were not great for us to hang our hats on and say, this is going to be something that we can build a lot of power on. Well, Today we have some incredible systems, and we have so much access to them that you know it's opened up such a such a huge environment for us to not only maintain gas mileage and to build a bigger power, but we also have the reliability, and they're just they're just not problematic. That's providing you don't abuse them. You know, if you start abusing these aftertreatment systems even today. You know, they won't they literally will not last ten minutes. But if you understand them, you know you have the science behind it. You know, a lot of what you know, Gell let up in the, in the, you know, 70s and 80s, you know, when the, it, it's a gas revolution again, it's the same deal, you know, and these feedback carburetors came out, you know, in 79, 80, they were a nightmare. I mean, they were terrible. They didn't work. They were just absolutely horrible. And, you know, it, it took almost 10 years for the automotive manufacturers to really figure out how to design a system that would work with emissions on, and then you never turn back, you know, and, and diesel is the same way, and we have... The technology we have today you know you start increasing airflow and you utilize all the sensory inputs you know that these that the manufacturers put on them i mean it is it is an incredible system you know you're taking air atmospheric air you're coming in the the air filter then you're going through the turbocharger compressing it, and you have a heat differential and you go through the intercooler and then you get into the motor then you mix it with fuel and then you know as that's happening you know you're injecting one of the big things is that really is a Plus, that I think we have is EGR. You know, EGR gives us the ability, ability to run more timings and control NOx, and it continues to go throughout the system. And then, of course, we have another great added piece, which is the SCR system. So that again controls NOx, and that's really that's what we're really working on today. You know, with Corey and I have been discussing literally for two days is just the finite control on how we really get through that and how we maximize that efficiency and you know the big thing is is a lot of these systems that are on these vehicles you know that everybody hates you know the egr systems really aren't that problematic but they are one of those things that it is a bit of a maintenance item you know so if you have a little bit of a maintenance item you know if you have to clean the egr system out you know it's 60 50 60 thousand miles big deal you take it out and you clean it i mean it's it's really not much different than changing the oil in your, in your diesel or your gas motor so you know those are the kinds of things that instead of you know, defeating these things, you know, actually embracing them. That's why these diesels are making such big horsepower today. And they're, they're just in, they're awesome machines.
1: So Clinton, how has that affected your philosophy for diesel performance at ATS? How, you know, over time, when you first started the business, obviously the landscape is completely different. And then you have today with the regulation, how has that guided your philosophy and, and how has it really changed your focus and your product lineup to really be able to serve today's enthusiasts with the modern truck?
2: You know, I'll tell you what it is. It's all technology driven. So you have to, I mean, you'd have to understand the systems you, you know, in the old days, we, you know, we were mechanics, you know, and then, and as the technology improved, you know, then we ended up being mechanics and we ended up being IT people because you had to understand the electronics. Now we're not only mechanic and an IT person, but we're almost also chemist. You know, what's happening with the airflow through the, as it goes through these engines, I mean, you have to understand this chemistry and it's such a fine balance. I mean, an incredibly fine balance. And that's where all the systems have to come together. You have to have tuning. You have to have airflow. You have to make sure you match the hard parts properly. It has to fit together. And then, of course, at the end of it, you know, you got to have durability. So, you know, the, the future is extremely bright, the way this is all working out. But it's also been 10 years of development, you know, understanding the systems, putting them all together, having your team. You know, it's it's a team of engineers these days. You know, it's not one guy in the back of the shop. You know and not only that but we collaborate and work with other manufacturers you know gail um you know of course you know he's he's in in our realm you know we're talking with him Corey, um ats you know so we have a lot of people that are all working together to make sure that we understand the system and we, you know we have to build we have to build this as a community not as an individual and as a community we can all put this together and and you know this is going to thrive
0: Clint, what do you foresee being the first set of parts that enthusiasts will be consuming? Meaning, will it be, will you buy a package that is a tune? Will it be a turbo system? Will it be intercooling? Will it be holistic? Will it be all of it? Yeah, like-
1: is, there, is there an opportunity for you to put in, let's say, I just got my truck and I just want a tune? Or is the, re- the reality that there's going to have to be a whole package to take full advantage?
2: Well, I mean, it kind of, it kind of depends on what power level you're looking for. You know, first thing first thing I always like to talk about is reliability and you know something these newer trucks we're seeing CP4s put on them and for those in the diesel industry know that CP4s when you start driving them to a little bit harder limit you know they have reliability problems they blow up so if you put a tune in it as soon as you start opening injectors up more than the CP4 has more demand so it's pushing to its limit so you're probably going to have reliability issues. So in the old days you would do a tune you do an air filter you do an exhaust you do injectors then you finally add another injector pump, like a CP3, to to keep up with the demand. Today, we pretty much add a CP3 if you're going to start adding fuel. So get the fuel system under control so you have that ability to supply the fuel demand. Then put a program in it. You know, factory turbo, you know, you get another 50, 60 horsepower just because you're out of turbo at that point. And remember, it's a it's a fuel air ratio, right? I mean, you it's it's such a it's such a fine balance that too much fuel. Too much air, you know, at the wrong times, you, you're you know, you're, know, either fighting particulates, which is your you know, DPF, or you're fighting NOx, which is your invisible gas, right? So you start going back and forth in that. And the, and the key there is reliability by making sure you maintain your fuel pressure. And then once you maintain your fuel pressure, then you can adjust it based on the program. Then once you have the ability to start injecting the fuel you want, then start adding more air. And pretty much adding more air means... You have to add another turbo. So you're going to see a lot more compound turbos, um, turbos that are basically staged. So you have your small turbo doing the work on the bottom. And then once your small turbo gets the job done kind of in a more of a factory type form, you know, has the VGT in it to drive the ETR loop, which gives you the ability to lower knots right out of the gate. Then you can start adding more fuel. And then you have the secondary turbo that starts adding more air, you know, adding more air also gets your ratio right so as the rpm goes up you don't fight the knocks as much but you're also having the air so you can burn the fuel so you don't have the particulate and the particulate is what kills the dpf and that puts you into regen. it's a very fine balance and you know one of the things we're working on is kind of stages on you know recommendations you know where it's our product or any products you know what do you do first you know first you do your fuel pump then you do your program you know then you add a little bit of air maybe do some intercooler um work to get the density up so you know, a lot of a lot of what I really respect out of Gail, you know, what he has done for years and years and years is he, he has always absolutely preached air density. You know, and you go, I mean, he go way back to uh, to I think it was like '83. There was a uh, land speed record that he set with a 4.3 liter gas motor. That was an <laughs> intercooled vehicle that had no turbocharger on it. So, like, why would anybody intercool? A vehicle, a gas Because you're a freaking
4: madman. <laughs>
2: no, you know, but I mean, you look at that, right? And it's air density. So that is, I mean, the science behind that is is awesome, right? And that's what we have to continue to work on understanding what's going on with these vehicles. And I mean, literally, sky's the limit. You know, these vehicles. They, I mean, you know, Ford, Dodge, GM, all these trucks. I mean, they have literally seven, eight hundred horsepower worth of potential out of them by doing the right steps. And reliability is going to be there. Power is going to be there. What else do you want?
0: So you're kind of Affordability no, affordab- Oh yeah <laughs> Well but just like anything Look yeah. you don't need any of this You're going to go buy A brand new Ram truck right And it's going to be plenty For anything you'd ever want to do That's the thing is you You're know, doing this because You want to Because not you want to, to. Yeah. And I think that's some of the magic too It's like people are asking You know they're, they're Acting all butthurt right They're like ah, I can't believe they're doing this You didn't need any of this You just wanted it And it, it's because you wanted it So much more of your passions wrapped up in it It's not clean yeah. Extra toilet paper Which is disposable This is something You're really passionate about So um, it, it's interesting how, how I like your toilet paper analogy right there because <laughs>
1: yeah, you think of it as uh, a is uh, going to the bathroom as emissions. And the toilet paper being uh, clean, right? <laughs> and you don't want to walk around with a dirty bum. No, and you don't want it hanging out of your pants. <laughs> right, but you you're not, pa- you might not be passionate <laughs> about a three ply. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: I'm very passionate about Charmin
1: three yeah. ply, dude. Yeah, I go All four day. ply. Oh, four. By the way, Ca- Casa Bonita over in uh in uh, Colorado. Yeah, the one ply. Yeah, one ply. One, one ply in <laughs> a yeah. yeah, one ply. Well, that's where
0: you're wiping. You realize it's on your hands. Oh yeah, And there's everywhere. nothing you can do. The toilet yeah. paper just falls
1: apart. Yeah. yeah. Oh,
0: it's just horrible. Yeah, just like your EGR to old truck or yeah.
1: something,
3: right? <laughs> <gasps> Wait a minute. Hey,
0: hey, Corey, have you been to Casa Bonita?
3: Um, I have been to Casa Bonita, and to be honest with you, it's 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 not what it used to be. <laughs> saying, Although, so
0: it's, I just went for my out, first time after. Out, uh, out. Yeah, and I was I was stunned. Like I could not believe the theme park feel. And <laughs> it,
1: <laughs> it, I tried to explain it to to Lightning ahead of time, and uh, there was nothing that I could do. I have a great Yelp review. And I read that to him, but um, you know, I think uh, t- explaining it as a a overchlorinated tidal wave that hit Tijuana and was left
0: in a, a damp closet to dry out doesn't quite do it justice, <laughs> but it's close. Now wait, well, well, Corey, you said it doesn't stand up. It, it's not what it used to be. It used to be better. I remember. All right, so
3: maybe I was younger and I just didn't appreciate good tasting food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I remembered it being amazing, and I thought the cliffs were a lot bigger than what they really are, and I thought the girls looked a lot better than what they really did. Oh no, <laughs> so, you were definitely a
0: child at that
3: point. Yeah, I'm sure. I Maybe maybe I'm just getting old. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, we all are. Yeah, yeah. Even even I I look back on uh, Casa Bonita for my first time like five or six years ago, and it's it, every time I go, it just feels a little sadder. Yeah.
0: Hey, to get back to tunes really quick here, and 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 you know diesel performance. If you guys are in a room with um you know you're you're going to be at SEMA I assume in a month or so, and you're in a you're you're in a discussion with a, a young tuner or a guy starting up his his performance business retail what what have you. What advice are you giving to a guy who's like, man, it's just now I got to jump through all these hoops. It's going to cost me thousands of dollars to get my tune or my part um, certified or approved by the EPA or California Air Resource Board. And he's and he's not really I don't know. He he looks like he's looking at a mountain of work and money. I, how do you talk him through that? Or do you say if you don't have the money, get out?
3: You know, I, I, Clint might be able to weigh in a little better than, than I do. But, you know, I think one thing to consider is, is that. Corey would just buy him out. Let's be honest. <laughs> Corey would buy him out.
1: Yeah, Corey would just say, "Hey, how much do you want for yeah. your business?" I got yeah. you.
2: I gave gotcha. a beer and <laughs> well, thirty bucks. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, talking about that, that is that is a great point. And that's one of the things that we've that that we've all been concerned about. Because you know, me when I, you know, when I started down this path, there was no help. There was no education. There was nothing going on out there, and because of that, you know, the guys in the in the field. I mean, there is a there's a group being formed that we're involved that we're working through to help exactly that to help educate and how do we get manufacturers and, you know, brick and mortar shops into this unknown area? You know, it's such a gray area. And and again, we don't want the group. I mean, we don't want the industry to die. We want to help build everybody and educate and, you know, straighten everybody out. So give them the tools so they can do what they need to do and develop these parts. So, you know, that, that's a lot, you know, that's some of the stuff that we're working on on the side in the, in the same group of, guys is how do we get how do we how do we open the doors and make open avenues so guys can you know these little shops can get their parts out there and understand it and build these things so that stuff's coming you know i mean it's around the corner
3: it's kind of it's, it's the evolution of the of what's happening here and, and that's that's a big reason why you know we've, we've got a nice a nice thing going on over here and an organization firing up that's going to make it easier for everyone else and, and hopefully blaze a trail and provide pathway
1: what would you guys say the the challenges are in the immediate future for both small business owners like yourselves? I think you both would ag- uh, agree that competition is good, which is why you want the whole industry to come along on the same trip with you. There's enough customers to go around. But what are the challenges in the immediate future for a small business owner and consumer alike in order for them to still enjoy their diesel trucks. What are we looking at in the next, let's say twelve to eighteen months while your industry forum or, or group is getting together while the EPA is finalizing or putting together their regulations and, and making them more clear how they're gonna enforce it. What are those challenges for you guys?
2: Well taxes come to mind first of all. <laughs>
4: right. Well, you guys are
1: you're lucky you're in California, I'll yeah, tell you that. No oh, kidding. Dude crushing. Yeah. 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 yeah True.
3: It's- it's one of those things you know I mean uh, to be honest with you uh, here we are this is this is eighty thousand dollar freaking vehicles you know it is expensive it, it 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 should be an investment on the the somebody that's coming into the industry that is building calibrations or is building parts to be invested into it you know and that doesn't necessarily mean invested just financially but the amount of time and research that it takes to be able to provide these parts legally as well uh, it can be done at a lower cost, and we're we're working on a solution for that to make it easier. You know, but the it. short
2: answer is there is not a there's not a huge fear there because of both the stuff's developed. Yeah, you know, I mean, the thing is, we just haven't talked about it much. We haven't put That's it for sale. It's is, I mean, this stuff is done. We've just been waiting for the market to people, to, you know, to help educate and let everybody know that this is a viable deal. I mean, we've got mean, we've got a lot of these systems running around. That I mean, they're approaching you know eighty, ninety thousand miles. you know, we've got a lot of colleagues in the field. Um, you know, Nick from Calibrated Power, he's, you know, one of the guys that we work really close with. And, you know, he's got a, he's got a Dodge, you know, just like, I mean, I think it's a, it's a 14 or a 15 or a 16, you know, they're like 70, 80,000 miles, you know, several of my trucks, um, that we've been doing this, this testing on, you know, for years now, I mean, it's not like we just started working together. I mean, we've all been working together for several years, but, but it's, it, it takes time, you know, to develop this stuff. And, the great part of it is, is most of the development. I mean, like ninety plus ninety five percent of the engineering stuff is done. Yeah, it's you it's know it's finished. So it and sounds really-
1: like uh, since we're impatient, you guys are both ready to announce your next uh, additions to your product line right here in the Truck Show Podcast for all those diesel enthusiasts out there.
0: Yep, hold on, let me get the uh, the timpani
1: ready. Here we go. <laughs> And the next <laughs> big product that's 95% percent r and d at the moment, but should be 5% done very soon, that will come out of either PPEI or ATS is...
0: Freaking, <laughs> you know, was like 30 seconds of silence right there. I know, man, that guys. was really quiet. <laughs> <laughs> well, we tried. I
3: They're think not the, announcing
0: you know, squats.
1: You know, I know, but
3: the, the, good think, effort. You know, one thing considers, a lot of people consider that, like Nick was, I mean, uh, like, like, like Prep was saying, that this is like new te- technology on our, I mean... Like, like we've, everybody's been working on this for a good while. You know, like they, he was saying, Nick from Calibrated Power, he's been doing this a long time. We've been doing emissions present stuff a long time. I mean, heck, we've been in the lab testing for three years getting yeah. this
2: stuff approved. And this did not come overnight. I mean, we no. got our butts absolutely handed to us. Yeah. I mean, we yeah. really got our butts kicked getting here. It's yeah. taken a long time. So, you know, we talk about it like this is no big deal, like it's old technology. It was a big deal, you know, <laughs> several years ago. But. It's it's just it's 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 coming easy. I mean, we, we, but we have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars understanding this building things. I mean, we have so much engineering time development and calibrations and castings and turbos and understanding what's going on with the technologies. And, you know, I mean, I'm not kidding when you talk about having to become a chemist. I mean, you got to understand what's going on here. You know, years ago, I did not understand. I had no idea what's going on in the chemistry and the exhaust system. Now it's so fascinating. And we talk about it, like, I mean, we geek out about it all the time. i trying to understand, like, man, this is cool. Think about what happens when you do this in one little tweak in the program. And this is what goes in, this is what comes out. So it's, I mean, it's really exciting stuff.
0: Well, you know what? Uh, we had Peter Trite from uh, the SEMA emissions or SEMA garage, and he works, he's in charge of the uh, emissions lab. And he's like, took us off to the side and he said, hey guys, the diesel guys are just the ones that are in the spotlight right now. Right. But gas. Particulate. Well, we talked about this with, with gas, gas particulate. direct injected turbocharged
1: yes. engines. Mm-hmm. DI has a lot of advantages, but there's also a lot of particulate. And at some point in the yep. future, you're already starting to see it in Europe. There are particulate filters on gas vehicles that are coming to market, and that's not that far away from. Not the a US. DPF,
0: a GPF. It's right. coming to a
1: lot right. of uh, enthusiasts. Yep, it's happening.
3: Well, you see across the seas a lot of times, or is, is technology that is just about to be here. So we see going on with those guys. <laughs> expect it, you know. Yeah. But it's a good time. It's it's a very opportunistic time for anyone that's innovative and want to take advantage of it. I mean, it's it's there. It is fantastic. I'm excited about all the new ventures.
1: If you can figure out the formula, you've got the key to success.
0: All right, well, guys, this is uh, it's been enlightening. I feel like uh, there's no. There's you're li- be... you're lightning. I am lightning. Yes. <laughs> it, it's it's going to be a lot more on this topic. And yeah, we're not done with you yet, and when that uh, other five percent of
1: the R and D is done, we're having you guys back on.
0: Well, I know he's been working on DPFs,
1: like I giant, mean, yeah. high performance DPFs. I've seen him. I've seen the cleanness as you know out when I've been at ATS, pulling away diesel power challenge, all that kind of stuff. I've seen him. I've I heard just, it. I've
0: seen it on the dyno. All right, so we're gonna no text. You, we're gonna text you afterwards, Clay, to say what are you really working on. Like, what, really, what's going on <laughs> and here? And then
1: we should, we should promise uh, to keep it under uh, oh, a embargo get, for oh, you. you
0: embargo. Mean- yes. Yeah, if
1: you share it with us, we promise not to tell
0: anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's not at all true. <laughs> we're going to blab it immediately. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, we're, we're, gonna, we're not good at uh, holding in. We're not very good at Well, meeting. I'm better at secrets than you are. A little better. A lot
1: better. Yeah, much better. <laughs> that's it's why I can't. Better. I'm <laughs> awful. That's why I can't tell you anything. I'm awful. Yeah. All right, guys, just tell me. I'll make sure uh, lightning doesn't find out, but I'll uh, I'll uh, spill the beans when yeah. you guys are ready. Hey, but so I assume love you guys. Are, are we
0: going to see you at Sema or no? Oh yeah. Yep.
3: Definitely uh, be at Sema.
1: Anybody who wants to follow along at Cory K O R Y underscore P P E I or at ATS Diesel. If you guys want to see the latest coming out of P uh, P E I from Corey and from Clint Cannon over at ATS Diesel, that's where you uh, can can discover them on the old interwebs. It's pretty
0: cool. I got to say that you've got a guy who's known for tuning, right, yeah. the electronic side, yeah. getting into the into the ECU and having his way with it, and then you've got the kind of a king of hard parts uh-huh. up in Colorado, so I, it's going to be interesting to see big what they come up with. Big old
1: transmissions and big old torque converters and, and turbos big and old
0: turbos. And... Yeah. Is everything going to be big? It could be small. Nope, that's all big.
1: No. Can't it just be small uh, and efficient? Well,
2: it's all big.
0: It's, it's all big. big. <laughs>
1: that's
3: what she said. That's all right. Well, I
1: think we should end on that note.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, gentlemen, thank you. Don't be strangers. We'll talk to you soon.
3: All right,
1: later. Thanks, guys.
0: Okay. Now it's finally come the time for. Break the news to me, break the news to me, break the news to me, break the news. To me. Break the news to- oh, that's right. Until you the no, no, no. intro. <laughs> <laughs> What's new in trucks? We need to know. What's new in trucks? <laughs> we need to know. What's new in trucks? <laughs> we, need new in trucks? <laughs> we need to know. Lifted, lowered and everything in between. What's happening in the
4: world of trucks?
0: What happened? <laughs> I can't wait any longer! out. <laughs> Tell I'm me about, about the so Nissan. Low. Tell me about the Nissan. I hung you out to dry on I that know, one. I'm, I'm sorry. i so
1: alone. Now I don't even feel like doing Nissan news. I mean, it's what? great and all, but now I'm just all by myself.
0: All right, you want to try it again? No, it's good. Keep going.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, so here we go. We've got uh, some awesome mid cycle refresh Nissan updated, fresh and design
0: and engineering news. All right, so they took a chamois, and they've got a lot of chamois. No, 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 no. Nope. They took a magic wand, and they sprinkled magic Le-ling! dust over it, and
1: oh, out really? came the 2020 Titan. Was it like? As a matter of fact, it was. <laughs> it was just like that. Okay. And uh, you, know Tell what ha- me more. you know what happened after all the little sparkles came out of the wand? How about the most standard horsepower out of any V8 in its class? Oh, really? The Titan now rocking standard engine. Mm -hmm. No puny little
0: V6s over here. Yep. 400 horsepower and 413 pound-feet of torque. So, 400 and 413 on the torque. How does that compare to the uh, Platinum Edition that I drove just a couple of weeks ago? Why, Lightning? The 2019 (laughs) Titan had
1: only 390 horsepower and 394 pound-feet
0: of torque. Only? It was pretty badass. But the new one has 404.13. That's a lot of fours. Yeah, it is. I like things that have four in front of it. Here's what I'm suggesting. Yeah. With the news of the 2020 coming out. Yeah. Does that mean I can get a smoking deal on a 19? Sure, why not? But let's keep talking about the 2020. All right, keep going. 2019, that's old news. Tell me
1: more. All right, how about uh, a nine speed automatic transmission? That's up from a seven? Seven speed, yeah. Okay. Better final drive ratio, quicker acceleration, mm-hmm. smoother. Takes advantage of that new power from the 5.6 liter 32-valve
0: dual overhead cam endurance V8. Yeah!
1: I yeah. love it.
0: Okay. I mean, you love the way that thing sounded, right? I, I love the exhaust note. Yeah. It was fantastic. And the, and the growl of the engine up above uh, 3,500 RPM was mm-hmm. just sweet. Sweetness. How, how about one of the biggest panoramic sunroofs over three square feet in its class? Now, I did not have a sunroof on the one that I borrowed. There, it was a platinum. There was
1: supposed to be a late availability sunroof that never came, and now- 2020, get yourself a sunroof in the
0: Panorama. Time. The whole freaking roof is a big old piece of glass. Okay. There are some other manufacturers doing that, and um, I'm glad that they stepped into that ring, because I, I think it's just expected now. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, how about the new exterior styling? I have only seen the one photo. Way, way better LED lights, way brighter, way safer, way cooler looking. That's funny, because remember I told you that that was one of my, not a gripe, but it was yeah. a concern, and I thought they needed to step up to HID or LED, and boom 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 boom, boom. stick hit it with a boom stick okay um how- what is a boom stick oh that's the thing at the ding 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 at all the games yeah but when you you hit it it's like a mic drop you hit okay. it with a boom stick
1: and an updated interior that has a, a configurable driver information center mm-hmm. a very large one that when you, do you say do
0: configurable
1: with? how do you mean it means that you can configure it to show the data that you want in there which is super cool nine inch touchscreen Mm -hmm. so not as big as let's say the ram 12 inch but Mm -hmm. one of the things i like about the nissan is on their new big nine inch screen Mm -hmm. it's uh one of the biggest in the class and because it is landscape mode instead of portrait mode they have a bunch of hard buttons under it for all your climate control so you don't have virtual buttons which is pretty nice so it's bigger and harder and that's what she said (laughs) wider and whoa what that's what she said and full of much much more technology that's what she said i don't think she said that did she Yeah, absolutely. Okay, good. Also new to the Titan is the uh, Nissan Safety Shield 360, which is standard. So it includes active safety features like automated emergency braking with pedestrian detection so you don't run over the lady walking the dog when you back out of the driveway in the morning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Blind spot monitoring. Rear cross-traffic alert. Does it have cameras all L- the way around? departure. Yes, it does. Active high beams and class-exclusive rear automated emergency braking. It'll finally be available also with adaptive cruise control, and it now has eight airbags up from six and four seatbelt pretensioners up from two. So basically, they're uh, they went with a huge safety play to make the truck even safer than before. Wow, Nissan says that the 2020 Titan gets uh, better off-road performance. In their press release, they mentioned that it offers a brake bias limited slip differential, but also electronic locking rear diff. We don't have the specs. We don't know what models all, everything comes on. So I'm going to go out and drive the truck in a couple weeks, and I'm going to get all the nitty gritty details. But the no, uh, why do you
0: get to do it? Oh, because you're, you're a Mr. Journalist guy. Because that's what I do can for I come my with? Is it far away? Job. Is it local? Is it I in can the tell Mojave you where Desert? It is? No, you can't come with me. W- why not? I'm serious. I've been on those rides. When I worked at Rock, I used to go on those rides. Cool. Uh, the Pro 4X will be exclusively hey! for hey! the hey! Titan hey! lineup with hill descent control, hill start assist,
1: and an enhanced off-road digital gauge uh, that shows you what the vehicle is doing and all the, you know, the, the inclimeter and all that yep. kind of fun stuff. But here's the best thing. The Titan will continue to be built right here in the old US of A with uh, American hands in Canton, Mississippi. And the new truck also features a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. Smart. So if you uh, want to check out the uh, the updated Titan with the cool, new, tougher, uh, more athletic styling, head on over to our Instagram or Facebook page. We posted a couple pictures at Truck Show Podcast. Well, no, what makes it athletic? It's just uh, the way it looks. It's Does, just, is it it's, wearing it's, short shorts? Uh, no, they're uh, the spandex. Okay. Yeah, the spandex. <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, the bicycle shorts? And it doesn't even need a sock. Right? <laughs> it's just uh, but it can carry it with all that payload and towing. Yeah. Actually, we don't know the numbers yet, but uh, when I go and go for the drive, I will bring back all that information uh, uh, to our uh, truck show. Podcast. Does,
0: does <laughs> Nissan say the new Nissan Titan? We don't need the sock. That's exactly what they say. In <laughs> fact, uh, I'm
1: going to make sure that the uh, advertising agency calls us and uh, you know, we should use that. I for want royalties. Show. Yeah. <laughs> Pay up. No, we've only, we haven't only we have sold enough for royalties yet. But oh, okay. hey, if you do go out and buy the 2020 uh, Titan, which is available early next year, make sure you email us, truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know so we can let them know so they keep sponsoring us. Yes. So we all be one big happy RV family. Or if you bought an 18 or a 19. Yeah, do that. you heard the 2020 <laughs> news is coming, yeah. Yeah, and you wanted a
0: discount. Exactly. Yeah, you want to get a smoking hot deal on a really good truck? 19's awesome. But- so what else came out of the, there was some big Ford news as well coming out of the yeah. Texas State Fair. Tell me, you were down so, there. So
1: here's what's interesting. I was not down there. What? Nope. I thought you were down nope. there. Nope, I was uh, somewhere else. I can't tell you where I was, actually. You
0: told me you were going to the Texas State uh, Fair, so you lied to where my face?
1: I was, yeah. I couldn't tell you my actual location. This uh, this week. What funny uh, funny thing about this week? Yeah, I uh, did two top secret things that I can't talk about. But what I can talk about is the 2024 Super Duty. Just told Ram here, hold my beer. I saw that. So the uh, 6.7 liter uh, Power Stroke, 475 horsepower and 10 freaking 50 on torque. So that is 50 over the Ram high output. And. Tows up to thirty-seven thousand pounds, which is stupid, <laughs> by the way. I mean, come on, come on, manufacturers. No, so I saw people talking wait, online. Wait, hold They're... on, it gets it gets better. Oh, really? The bumper pull, the conventional towing. Sure, Max is at a twenty-four thousand two hundred pounds. <laughs> Do not tow twenty-four thousand pounds with a bumper, <laughs> freaking people. Oh my God! At what point do the brakes not keep At what, up? At what point is it just irresponsible to sell something <laughs> bumper pull At what point do you need runner? a CDL? Uh, well, you need a CDL pretty quick. Uh, that the max towing numbers on the Superdude, you're way above CDL territory. You got to have a CDL to go in your <laughs> heavy. Every listen, anybody now who doesn't have a CDL, you're looking at a three quarter ton because <laughs> the one tons and the four
0: uh, fifties and all that stuff. Yeah, it's. A I lot. wonder how many guys. Unknowingly, will get pulled over and sighted. Yeah, for, who, for not, do, yeah, for not having it's not, it's not how much
1: you're towing. It's not how much your rig weighs. It's the gross combined weight of both your trailer and your rig. The maximum theoretical weight. So if you're getting one of these and you've got a big old trailer, even though it's empty, think again. You might want to go get that uh, that CDL or the non-commercial CDL for like the uh, I think it's called like a non-commercial Class A here in California or something where you can get you can get the rated for that, but not be in a commercial. Is setting. Is it as rigorous? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I know that there's some stuff. I haven't done it, but I know like people with big old uh, toter homes and stuff like that will get it because it allows them to have the endorsement to drive something that big, but then not have to do all the commercial logbooks and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, the
0: logbooks yeah. are, that sounds yeah nasty. That's no fun. But
1: the uh, the 2019 Ram is at 35,000 pounds, and the GMC and Chevy are at 35,500. Ford's like, <laughs> 37. 37 is a, that's that's
0: a, a th- dramatic that, difference. That is a big number. I mean, that I, mean is I know a, guys that pull, they're hot shots that pull 30, 31,000. That's a lot that of, weight. In, okay. of weight. That is an insane amount of weight. That is a car hauler, yeah. double stacker. No, no, no. Like, Big uh, rig,
1: 80,000 going down the road. So you're basically 37,000 plus a seven or 8,000 pound truck. You are more than half of a semi going down the road.
0: That is insanity. What are you pulling? Like, I wonder what you would pull that tr- would be... Thirty um, Up 35,000 plus tractors, concrete, K
1: rails. I don't know. Lots of cars, lots of trucks. I don't know, man. That is a frick. <laughs> I look at that and I'm like, that's a frickin' frick ton of weight. A frick ton? Yeah, which means is a lot. Is that a technical term? It just means a lot. A So a dually F350 with the power stroke can tow up to 35,750. That still eclipses the Ram heavy duty. So it's not just the F450 that has crazy towing numbers, even the F350 has crazy towing numbers. A single rear wheel version of the same truck could be expected to haul twenty two thousand eight hundred pounds. And now Ford also lays claim to a best in class payload. You Wanna guess what the payload
0: is? A best in class payload I don't even I don't no, I don't know. Seven thousand eight hundred and fifty pounds. You can put seven thousand pounds <laughs> in the bed of the truck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what is what oh what, what is a uh, what is a Volkswagen Beetle weigh? Well, two thousand pounds, eighteen hundred pounds. Oh, okay, basically. not much. So you can so wait, stack they, a lot of you them. You can put three of them in yeah. the back. Dude, stacked. that's
1: crazy. All right, so the the numbers that people have been waiting for the seven point three liter big block gas engine. We finally have numbers on that. Is it does it warrant a Timpani? Not really. No. Uh, I mean, I think it does. I was a little bit disappointed. I was hoping for five hundred pound feet of torque. Mm. But it uh, comes in at 430 horsepower, 475 pound-feet of torque. It's so close. That's a lot, though. I mean, that's that's a lot for gas engine. And the gas engine has a, a maximum conventional towing of 21,000 pounds. Uh, fifth wheel and gooseneck is uh, 21,200 pounds. And that's still, still that's made it of, to the 10-speed, right? Yeah, still okay. a lot of freaking weight. Uh, and the six two, I believe, is still the uh, base engine. That's a uh, three hundred eighty five horsepower and four hundred thirty pound feet of torque. So that was the uh, the old top gas engine. So the new top gas <laughs> engine is quite a step up. I can't wait to see what people are going to start doing with that. But yeah, ten speed automatic, and I just it's going to end up at
0: hot rods. It's going to end up all over the place, dude. It's just What'd you think. Yeah, I, well, maybe not hot rods because it's a big block. I mean, maybe I don't know. Hmm. I don't like, know, like, like resto mods.
1: I don't know. We'll huh. see. I just want to see what people do with like a blower on it. Like You'll get a Super Duty Tremor and then you know gas and then yep. put a blower. 7.3 liters is like no joke. I that's might know giant. someone
0: who's uh, planning on strapping oh, some turbos to it. Already
1: doing that, huh? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I wonder who that might be. I don't know. So here's the interesting thing. I heard from a little birdie that the previous generation Cummins, that's in the Ram, with the gray iron block. <laughs> does
0: his name sound like
1: Schmidders? No, it does not. It does not, okay. it does not sound <laughs> like that. No? Nah? I heard that a, it was capable of being a 1,000 pound-feet of torque. Oh, really? That it had it in it. And now the new Ram with the CGI block came out and all the improvements, and it's at 1,000 from the factory. How much do you want to bet in the next couple of weeks Ram puts out a press release and goes, Ford, hold my beer, and it's like 1075 from the Cummins? I bet you they do that. That would be amazing. I mean, I don't know that they will. I just know there's some headroom in that in, in the cooling stack of the Ram and in that engine. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: But do that, they're not going to just knee-jerk that yes. quickly, would yeah, they? of course oh, really? they are.
1: They, they have that in the barrel ready to go. It's oh, chambered. Really? That round is chambered. Okay. Yeah, they've already done the work on it. They're, they're just waiting because they wanted to see what Ford's numbers are. But here's the deal. Ford just said, we hate you. We're going to squash your horsepower. We're going to squash your torque. We're gonna squash your maximum towing. We're gonna squash, you know, just on down the line. They checked every box. Everybody, everybody, Ford just uh, laid waste to the entire, like, you know, heavy duty truck industry and went. We're back, and nobody touches Ford. So you gotta imagine everybody else is probably, you know, they gotta have something, right? Because you can't have Ford can't have the best in class claims of everything out there. I don't know, can they? I mean, I guess they can, but... <laughs> they will for a little while. Yeah, they will for a little while, uh, maybe a few weeks. I think I think Ram and Cummins aren't done. I think uh, I think there's some more to be had in there.
0: A, I want to see the new Nissan, mm-hmm. and B, I want to test drive that new... uh 734 F, yeah. or the 6.7? Well, I know the 7.3 is going to be cool, but I'm more interested in the Nissan. I'll have one in a few weeks. So. Okay, that would be fun. We're, can yeah. we could take a road trip? Uh, nope. Why? We're uh, using it for truck of the year.
1: What do you mean truck of the year? Why can't we take it for a road trip? Because it'll be on truck of the year. Do you want to come on truck of the year for a week? I I, Maybe. Okay. Where's it going? uh, I can't tell you that either. (sighs) If I tell you where it's going, people will meet us. We just have to be out and do our thing so we can tell you what what the best truck
0: is. Uh, You know what? I'm not doing anything before SEMA. Just (sighs) I I keep thinking that I'm going to be able to take a weekend Mm. off. Nope. That's fantasy. Yeah. I looked at my schedule because I've got some stuff coming up and I'm like, there is.
1: sorry. Mm. I had to turn some stuff down. Yeah. Uh, How about the uh, Midnight Edition Trail Boss coming out of the Texas State Fair? Or actually State Fair of Texas, to be correct. Uh, why is everybody calling everything midnight? Like Nissan started midnight, hmm. but now everybody's like, "Oh, well, it'll just also yeah. be midnight." Come up with your own freaking! I'm all blacked out. It should be like well, the, the, mur- is the murdered out trail boss. No, or, you can't say murdered out. All right, how about the black hole? The night storm? The no light? I mean, something. Well, why would it be like midnight? Somebody else already has that. You don't because need to steal Nissan's a, thunder. It's a g- like, well, they the first but for they- midnight. Sure, I'm saying yes. <laughs> Pretty sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, I recently stole that. All right. Midnight edition. I'm uh, guilty of that. I'm,
0: I'm admitting it uh, right it's here. It's horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Midnight edition means the truck is all black. Go figure, yeah. right? But uh, what else? Oh, stop for a second. What else mm-hmm. would you call something if you're releasing some part or car? The black edition. Black label. Black, 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 black. black dark. Black. Uh, no light. You've black said black holes. eight times. I don't. But it, that, Give me the, something what, that's not black tuxedo, in the title. tuxedo.
1: Bowtie. Yeah, the tuxedo I, 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 edition. Did, uh,
0: well. Come on. What? You got a better idea? No, that's why I just named nah, something the Midnight Edition the other stupid. day, and that's I felt stupid. and I felt dirty. Yeah, you but, should feel dirty I because don't. you are not creative. You it was it. either blackout. That's way
1: better. You like blackout? Yes, because it goes along with military. Military, it's like black ops. black ops is even better than Midnight Edition. Mid- I'm not saying Midnight's bad because our friends at Nissan had it. I'm just saying everybody else Nissan's doing that already. Don't just go poop on their porch like. Let him have freaking midnight. All right, black ops it is. Anyway, Chevy Silverado 1500. Uh, you can get the Trail Boss Midnight, and that is uh, black, 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 grill, wheels, badges, exhaust tips, and side steps, black, 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 black. Oh, but there is a touch of chrome around the Chevy bow tie and the red toe hooks in front. Everything else black. Or how about the uh, Rally Edition? <laughs> um, you're,
0: you're almost angry.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid. Because everybody's like, "Oh, uh, uh, see, had some blacked out trucks 15 years ago. We're we're going to do that now." It's like, it's, do yeah, something different. Yeah. It's, it's, whatever. By the way, brake dust shows up on black wheels. Not going sure all It's yeah. dumb. It do. Uh, anyway, they also have the uh, 2020 Rally Edition. It's uh, available on the custom and the RST. You can get that one in black, also. Go figure. But also uh, red hot silver ice metallic or summit white. You get body colored grill, black rally stripe on the hood and tailgate, black badging, black bow ties, black, 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 and black, black. And blacks that's his steps. Anyway, black, a lot of, lot, of, lot of black out there. Everybody's like, oh, we got, we ran out of ideas. Everything's going to be black. And then we're going to call it the midnight edition. Uh, except for Nissan, because Nissan had Holman, it first. Holman, yeah, yeah, Holman, yeah, Holman, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. Pause. Okay. Take a breath. Okay, hold on. How about this? The 2020 Ram 1500 Limited Black Edition. Got released at Dayfair, Texas. <laughs> and the Heavy Duty Night Edition. Can you guess what, uh, what those trucks have on them? A black Kukushima? I would say the luxurious 1500 Limited Black Edition starts with Ram's highest trim level and adds a few styling features. Miriam was found on the already announced Bighorn and Laramie Black Editions. This includes a dark finish grille. Dark tow hooks, dark exterior badging, black headlight bezels, black door handles, black mirrors, black, black, black painted 2200. <laughs> black, black, black. All right. All right. All right. And then you can also get the, uh, the on the Dually, the the night edition. Actually, it looks kind of cool. It has uh, the nice uh, aluminum Dually wheels. Yep. And they're black with the machine finish from the factory. Oh. So that's kind of cool. Well, they stepped up. Yeah. So Ram will offer the heavy duty with dark accented interior bits available on Bighorn, Laramie Night Edition, and then the Dually, the Night Edition gets the Ram's first black 17-inch dually wheels with machined pockets. And I'll show you a picture here.
0: I mean, that's pretty stylish on a silver truck, huh? Oh, that looks great. Uh, there you go. Look at that. Oh, I love that Ram. You know, That awesome. looks good. Yeah,
1: well done. That big old grill and the the, the dark uh, the dark chrome and the it headlight bezels mean. and all that. It yeah. It just looks Congrats, great. That's Ram. Blacked that out badge. Like, yeah. That's better. Yeah. And huh. they don't call it the midnight edition. They no. just call it the night edition. The night. How about the later in the night edition? Or is it the... the evening gown edition? How about the Taco Bell
0: uh, fourth
1: meal edition?
5: <laughs> fourth meal. That's <laughs> uh, is dumb.
0: Is it dumb, though? Because we've all eaten at the fourth meal before. No, but I, no one calls it the fourth meal, do uh, okay. they? okay. Does anyone actually call it no. a fourth meal? I no. mean, Taco Bell does.
1: All right, and one last, uh, one last bit of news out of the Texas State Fair is the 2020 Toyota Forerunner Venture Edition. So as if a uh, $40,000 TRD Pro... Uh, 4 wasn't enough. You can add uh, some special silver uh, TRD wheels and a Yakima roof rack and pay $2,000 more and you can go venturing off in your TRD Pro 4Runner. Okay. I mean, it does have a Mega Warrior roof rack by Yakima and it has standard roof rails and crossbars. And uh, it's 52 inches long and 48 inches wide and 6.5 inches high. Gunmetal 17-inch wheels. Um... Glossy black finish for the exterior badges. Side view mirrors, door handles, and rear roof spoiler all black, 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 black. Did, do you see a theme with what the <laughs> manufacturers are doing? Yeah. It's time for something else, guys. It's time. Like, great. It's time for something else. <sighs> Inside, you can get uh, Softex upholstery. Uh, front and rear that does a convincing job of uh, imitating leather. It has crawl control, active traction control, multi-terrain select, and... Uh, with a floor mats and rear cargo mat that are also black. Including a sized you know rear cargo deck that's also black. You know, you know where black. This is going to go? What? Vanta Black. Yeah, at least if it was Vanta Black, it would be interesting. Anyway, uh, the 2020 Toyota Forerunner Venture Edition is $44,285 to start, which is 2000 more than a TRD Off Road Premium. Uh, whether the floor mats, the roof rack, the crossbars, the blacked out goodies are with it. Your voice is going. Yeah, that's you realize why I'm that. Angry. Yeah, I just. <laughs> I'm just like, every, th- every press release is like, hey, we took last year's car. We made it black. I'm like, it's not,
0: is that, that's deserving of a press release? Done, been there, done that. So that's the, uh, the wrap-up from the Texas State Fair or State Fair of Texas. I hear there's some uh, Rivian news.
1: There might be some, some news, yeah, that didn't get launched at the State Fair of Texas that's not black. Hey, remember how uh, Amazon uh, just uh, put a bunch, whole bunch of money into Rivian? Yes, yeah, like a, how, like a, well, how remember, many? Like 350 of million or something like right. that. Well, now we know why. Because Amazon just placed an order for 100,000 Rivian electric vans by 2024. I didn't know it was that many. 100,000? And so Rivian, which hasn't made a vehicle yet, hasn't sold a vehicle yet, is using their electric architecture to build a city van for delivery. It's kind of cute looking. Yeah. Looks like a cross between the uh, Ford Transit and the puppy dog. You know what that's from? What? That's
0: from um, that
1: right out of Total Recall, the oh, the Schwarzenegger movie where right. he went it to kinda, Mars. Yeah, and his you know eyeballs
0: what? popped out of his head. Thanks for ruining that for me because I was thinking it was a puppy dog. No, uh, straight out of like Total Recall. It's like a friendly recall. looking transit. You know what it is? It's uh, is. when when Schwarzenegger gets into that um, into that little uh, like taxi. Yeah, and and it's the little man. who goes, "Where would you like to go?" And then uh, and Schwarzenegger gives him directions. That's that's that vehicle right there.
1: So here's what's uh, fascinating though. Uh, According to Amazon's release today, the first of the vans they say are going to hit the road by 2021. That's only two years away. I haven't seen any uh, comment from Rivian yet, just from the Amazon side. You know, I don't know if- Can you
0: imagine if Amazon announced it and yeah, Rivian's, Rivian's like, like, say what? <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry, new overlords. What are we doing? Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. So I guess you know that order definitely tells us why Amazon invested. Um, Let me ask
0: you this, though. It's a van. All right, and it's a city van. Yeah, it's not rocket science to make something like that, is it? Uh, There's a lot that goes into building. No, this is okay. I'm I'm sure we have people listening. They're going, "Uh, you know, yes, it's very difficult. But I mean, in the scope of things, this is not a cross country truck, right? This is not a. um, I don't know. This is a glorified. It's a delivery vehicle. Delivery van. It's just it's two steps up from from a, a golf cart. Uh, maybe a little more than two steps. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you still
1: have to drive on the highway and have safety equipment. I mean, think of everything goes into certifying Not necessarily, any necessarily
0: It doesn't necessarily have to go on the highway. Why does it have to go on the highway? If no, because it has uh, highway, roadway, Oh, safety the, equipment, yeah.
1: airbags, crash. Yeah, like yeah, you still yeah, have yeah. to do right. all that stuff.
0: Okay, gotcha. That's what I mean. I don't. Yeah. I don't uh, you hey, don't mean it has to go 80, 90 miles an hour?
1: No, but it probably will because even at an Amazon distribution center, it still has to pick up the packages and drive somewhere to a delivery area. Mm-hmm. So you still have to have – it has to be streetable.
0: As soon as Amazon can buy autonomous vehicles or you know drone type vehicles, uh, they will. They won't have humans driving no, packages not, back at and all. forth.
1: No, humans are expensive. Yeah, yeah. It'll. Uh, yeah, there's already Amazon robots and drones. Just wait till our frickin' skies, twenty four hours a day. <laughs> yeah, full of packages going Just back and forth. Fricking and here, people and, are gonna snap and they're gonna start knocking those things out of the sky. And how fat are we gonna be? You know well, what I mean? How lazy it's gonna be like
0: that movie Wall E. Do you
1: ever look at the mailman and go, "Damn, that guy's fit. He's yeah. tan. He's fit. His job is being fit." Yeah. Right. Do you ever look at the mailman and go, "I'm jealous." And we just we just wait. And, and so, now you're gonna take him fat you're and slovenly, and we yeah. wait for our
0: packages to show right, up by drone.
1: <laughs> and you're just, you're basically ruining the mailman. <laughs> like the mailman's gonna be like us. Yeah. Have you ever seen like those old pictures from like the 50s or 60s of the beach and everybody's at the beach? Everyone's and there's fit. not, and there's not one fat person there. Nope. Right. And we're taking the last bastion of not fat people, which is the mailman, and we're going to ruin him. He's going to look like the rest of us, (laughs) all because of freaking Amazon and their freaking drones. And robots and stupid things like I that. Know. And then the Amazon Air Force is going to be taking over and, and then the tr- more drones and more robots and more Air Force. And then there's going to be a tank. The Amazon tank will roll through and then Amazon will rent tanks to like the police robot force and then the, the police <laughs> robot force is going to call in more robots and then mm-hmm. that's it. Do you know what it's going to be? You know what the robots are going to do when they take Skynet. over? Skynet. Nope. First thing they do when they take over. Uh, Exterminate... Us? Nope. Let the monkeys out because <laughs> the monkeys and robots are going to band together and form an unholy alliance that is going to r- rule humanity. Why monkeys? All because Rivian had to build an electric truck.
4: No!
0: <laughs> Can we get back to regular truck news? Now I'm depressed. This is not a good future for How us. How we end up on uh, monkeys driving... <laughs> No, they're not driving. They're just in partnership.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They work work together. Resistance is futile, my friend. Uh, (laughs) Did you hear that, Ford? Did you hear? Uh, Ford Performance is offering the first ever... This is funny. I love this line. First ever off-road leveling kit for Ranger and F-150.
2: I think what, the headline what? should be
1: Ford Performance is offering their oh. first ever leveling kit. <laughs> um, might be a little misleading. Yeah. Cl- clickbait, perhaps. Uh-huh. Uh, an exclusive two-inch lift along with new front coilovers, vehicle-specific upper mounts, and locking spring preload rings are available from Ford's aftermarket performance division. The suspension kits allow drivers additional ground clearance along with improved off-road performance. The leveling suspension kits come with Fox shocks that are designed to provide better cooling capacity over rough terrain. Ford Performance Engineers worked with Fox to develop a unique internal valving for these shocks, and they were designed not only to level the trucks, but they were tuned over rocks and over high speeds so that you would have the same amount of capability uh, in anywhere you decide to take your Ford truck. They are available for both uh, Ford F-150s and the 2019 Ranger. So any Hmm. 2015 to 2019 model year four-wheel drive F-150 and the 2019 uh, model year four-wheel drive Ranger. Uh, pricing for the kit starts at $1,500 without installation. They can be
0: installed at your local Ford dealer, who I'm not sure I would want them to install that. Yeah, so a couple questions on that thing. is Why don't trucks just come level? Why the well, rake? Well, because- the, I pay- know, put the payload in there. I know that. But, no, I mean, come on, seriously. Because Every get, guy goes, the first no, thing no, no. he does is he goes right and puts a leveling kit on. You're
1: forget, You're forgetting. Ford said, "Oh, we'll make it raked so that you have to p- spend more money with us <laughs> right. to get it level,
0: yeah, and not void your warranty." That's just ridiculous. Hey, we didn't um, tell anyone when the Titan was coming out or how much it was going to cost. Uh, no, uh, no announcement on price yet, uh, and it'll be out early next year.
1: Okay, <laughs> in 2020. In 2020, as expected.
0: Oh, okay, all right.
1: Well, you know, sometimes there's. I mean, there's 2020s out right now. Yeah, just not of Nissan Titans. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm excited to drive it. Oh, and then uh, there's still more news coming because they have not released the Titan XD yet. And I'm going to be going to uh, Nashville uh, to uh, huh. drive that in a
0: few, I don't know, Well, I weeks, mean, months, whatever. The, what the, Cummins, the Cummins is gone. Yep. So, it's, it's again, it's the Endurance V8. Yep. Right? Yep. So, huh. 400 horsepower. I wonder if the XD will get the
1: same power output. I don't nine know. And the 9-speed. I bet it gets more payload, too. I'm gonna be sad to see the Cummins go, but I know that they're gonna do a good job on uh, yeah. on that for a gas truck. I enjoyed driving that uh, the Endurance V8 around. Yeah, oh, so a, it's, a it's nice. got some pep, I, as they say. I can't say. wait to uh, experience it with the uh, nine speed. I would like to tow with it. Uh, we can probably arrange that. That would be fun. All right. Okay, let's do that. All right. Hey, uh, Ian's new show, Four Wheeler, yes? TV show, uh, debuted on uh, the Motor Trend app. Ratings were. It was the number one show that Saturday that debuted. Thanks to us. Thanks to us. Yes. 100%. So, Ian, I know you're listening. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget, on Saturdays, uh, 9 a.m. Uh, Eastern, is where you can find him on the Motor Trend Channel.
0: Ten yeah. episodes. If you haven't seen it, it's a great show.
1: Yeah. And uh, just, just you know, send Ian a message, a DM, whatever. Just say, I
0: heard about it from the Truck Show podcast. We'd appreciate that. And that's what I heard in news this week. Okay. So before we did What's New at Trucks, we were talking about the emissions topic and kind of the controversy that's going on right now and how people are going to evolve. And someone, one of our frequent guests, KJ Jones, editor of Diesel Power Magazine, is stopping by the studio. Now, I think you just flew in. Good evening. <laughs> yeah, I, I, literally, I
1: literally just got a text from Cage and he's like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm getting back. I got to pick up my truck at the office. Are you guys podcasting tonight? I said, yeah. He says, <laughs> I'm more than happy to come in and talk about emissions, about this this group I was with. And I went, hey. Uh, we have wow. Clinton Corey on tonight, so we're going to make this the emissions episode, and we yeah, definitely want KJ's point of view on this whole emissions. Now, we deal.
0: we've had you on this topic before, talking about the yes. kind of the controversies that are happening and the guys uh, that are you know deletes versus not deletes, and what the EPA is enforcing and not enforcing, things like that. And it all kind of came uh, two Fridays ago to a head, at least. Well, it's not to a head, but uh, to the diesel community it became it more kind prominent, of, kind I of think. kind of kind of kind of rocked kind to the different. core mm-hmm. uh, when when Corey Willis of PPEI uh, put out his press release that says no more off-road slash race tunes. Uh, it's all emissions on, emissions compliant, et cetera. And a lot of the guys are like, uh, what are we going to do? What does this mean for the industry? And so we kind of wanted to get your take. And, and also you, you came
5: from some event. Explain. Yeah. I'm just arrived. Uh, I was in Denver, spent, uh, the day basically, uh, we had a meeting of the, uh, clean auto association, the CAA and, uh, We gathered in Denver at ATS Diesel Performance for an 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. brainstorming session. A brainstorming session to uh, try to vet out what the organization is about. We established a clear-cut mission today. Uh, that I could share with, uh, with people. Um,
0: KJ, I didn't know that this organization even existed.
5: Yeah, it's, it's far from an underground organization. It's, it's making its way to the front, but um, this was the second gathering. The first meeting was um, back in August. I was actually in Europe on our vacation, and I wasn't able to attend the first one. Um, but it's a, it's a group of people in the manufacturing segment, people in the marketing uh, segment, um installer, the, uh, installer Repair Industry shops.
1: Brain Trust.
5: Pretty much. Okay. Um, I don't know how I fall into that category, but... <laughs> uh, You're um, very important. Like, it, getting the word it out, is, people. Um, it was a real veritable who's who uh, of players in the game um, who make up a committee, a board. I've been named to the board of directors of this organization. You're kidding me. You're um, the... You're on the board of directors. I'm on the board of directors. Yeah.
1: Do we have to address you differently? Still trying to figure that. Can't part be KJ anymore. It's are you m- King? Mr. Are you? No, no, Mr. No, I'm Mr. Far d- from. Director, <laughs> director Jones.
5: Mr. Oh, Mr. Jones. D I R. Yeah, direct, Director Jones. <laughs> director Jones. Honestly, I felt there was a very powerful presence uh, there, and we spent the day uh, trying discussing what the organization is, um, establishing um, some some initial policies, but. It's a big venture. It's something that we have to go forward earnestly to develop. And I'll read what the mission statement is when this is all said and done. Um, it's an organization whose primary purpose is to provide multifaceted support and emissions compliance guidelines for the automotive aftermarket products industry. That's heavy. It is. It's, it's very strong. And we were
1: talking about in our last conversation with Clinton Corey that. Particulate filters are not a diesel-only thing now, All with right. gas direct injection in Europe now having to meet standards, and, and obviously we have GDI cars now, but there's going to be uh, GPFs coming over here soon. And so the same type of technology that you would apply to the diesel market in order to, to make clean power, you're going to have to do to the car market as well at some point.
5: At some point. So this is an all-encompassing, in time, an all-encompassing thing. It's not diesel-directed um, initially. But, of course, it will venture into the, uh, you know, to the automotive sector, the car sector, um, as we go forward.
0: Um, KJ, I, I feel like the, you know, the automotive industry and the aftermarket already understands a lot of these rules, where the diesel guys are further behind the eight ball, uh, or slower to react, I
5: should say. Slower to react, but I and my position on this slower to react just based on I call it hard headedness. You know, it's not a matter of not having opportunity to react. And certainly the opportunity's been there for several years now, but it's when the um, the direct threat is put right in your face or put right in their face. It's just, you know, frantic call to action really. But this could have been again my opinion, Avoid this could it? have been avoided a long yeah. time well,
1: ago. Well in, yeah. in to your point, it's not that the gas guys are or aren't
0: the game is going to change for them.
5: Certainly,
1: that—that's the—that's the issue. The game is going to change for
0: them. What? Uh, what? came out of this? What do you, what's the outcome of this, this long meeting here? Well,
5: the outcome is, is a, a direct mission now, which um, I'm happy about because I went up there wondering what the mission was, honestly. So uh, there is a mission. There are committees uh, formed um, that run the gamut from from legal and financial and such and, and public relations and um, product development and product testing. How many people are in
1: this Organization. I mean, is it is it ten? Is it fifty?
5: No. Currently, there's I guess there are about twelve people there, okay. um, and that's just to start. And yeah. One of the things that we talked about was membership because um, just in my Facebook live broadcast in the morning, I referenced that I am a part of this and I was going to this meeting and I got contacts asking how can we be part of it. Oh, that's it, awesome. Basically, shops, um, manufacturers that. Definitely are interested and want to be a part of what we're doing so that at the end of the day, the objective, uh, the primary objective is to help guide someone get through the compliance. Leg of new products. Yeah, Let, let's talk a couple of
0: things. It's a, it's it's really expensive. So how do you make it less expensive to comply? And then B, I think I want to talk about compliance because compliance doesn't mean just leaving on your emissions equipment. Compliance means passing tests.
5: Exactly, exactly. So you can
0: leave. You can you can have all the emissions equipment
5: on your vehicle and still miserably fail. But when you have a brain trust like the CAA and the people who are involved with it, and it, well, bottom line, you have a Corey Willis who has is fighting a pretty tough fight right now personally for his own, you know, for himself and for his business, et cetera. And he's dedicated to being in a sense, the expert and utilizing experts in his network to say, look, I've been down this path already. So let me help you down this path at a much reduced rate, bottom line, than going to EPA and trying to do this at 25 a pop or 30 a pop or whatever it is. And if you don't have $30,000 per, you know, per per try, per try, if it doesn't work out, Go back no, to zero. not offense. You, We're
1: you talking mean about testing. testing, testing to get yeah. your Compliance. product approved, correct? Yeah, 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 right.
5: yeah, testing. So you're talking about fines? No, 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 no. So the idea is to try to help and guide and educate people who want to do that, who want to play by the rules, but might not have the the bread to do it. And and again, this is at a much reduced or could be at a much reduced rate. That does that hasn't been defined yet. What the uh, money would be? I, the it's interesting
0: are. that KJ. Nobody's really taken it on upon themselves to create a business model out of testing so you could have if you were a smart guy if you, and you had uh, let's call it two million dollars you could open up test facilities emissions labs that were certified by the government um at, around the country and you could charge all of these startup companies that are desperate and you can you know that could be a business model you I'm certainly could nobody's done it yet right
5: now it's not a matter of um, um it's more of trying to partner with the government say look this is what's happening you know if you can Endorse or understand what we're trying to do, that would, and, and understand that with you being part of this, the hammer is not being swung as heavily as it currently is. That's you know really what we're trying to.
1: So I'm curious, and I don't know that we've ever talked about this or why you you hear all the time how the Trump EPA, the Trump administration EPA is rolling back regulations. They recently just voided the waiver for California to set its own emissions and uh, fuel economy standards. Although California is fighting it. Uh, Beside the point. what What I'm trying to get at is why are they coming so down so hard on the automotive aftermarket now? You would have thought that this would have been more about the previous administration, especially when you hear how friendly the current one is for business and rolling back regulations. I wonder what the impetus is or
0: who's driving that process on the government side.
1: It feels the like
5: jerk is follow the money. You know, that's what what you would think. Well, and this feels
0: like something that was uh, Obama era that's finally taking uh, effect. It took forever to get going. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, you those people aren't necessarily
1: in play anymore. There's new EPA director, and he's gotten a bad rap for being anti environmentalist. Which you could argue, whatever. That's that's neither here nor there. My point is, if the reputation is that they're more lax on regulation and more pro small business and all that. Why are we going through this now? I just I feel like it's I'm hearing messages about oh this EPA you know doesn't care about the environment yet our industry is getting hammered now and, and has a huge spotlight on it. So those those two stories aren't driving in my mind. I'm trying to figure out what's the driver, what's the impetus,
0: why why now um, after all these years, uh, what caused the? I think you know, we need someone from the EPA on the show, and I'm not joking.
5: Sounds like a good idea. I mean, I'm it sure it'll be like very idea. difficult
0: to pull off, but there's got to be a public information officer at the EPA. Uh, EPA no, or CARB. No? I'm
5: sure there is, but you'd have to understand that they would probably give you whatever company line they're issued to. Yeah. yeah,
1: I can't
0: imagine that there'd
1: be any yeah. benefit of having somebody oh, we represent this side and then lecture us yeah. on yeah. how. All right, you know, good point. I if we if we had somebody work there, hey, maybe one of our listeners is listening and insider, is insider the insider. the insider, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we have. Uh, I mean, I'd love to. Here, here's the deal. I'd love to talk to somebody who's in the know, who's going to have an honest conversation. I don't want to have somebody on who's just towing the line and, and isn't going to tell us the reason behind it. And and I'm not again. I'm not saying it's it's good or bad. Obviously, when I was the editor of Diesel Power and David Kennedy before me and KJ after me. We have always – the three of us have always made a conscious effort to make it about clean performance. We believe in that. I get it. I'm just curious why
5: why now. Why now? Hmm. No idea, KJ. I really don't know. Uh, I, I, again, my my speculative mind is like, there's money involved. You know what I mean? Because these fines are being levied and they're pretty heavy, and they're, they're they're
0: not that they're not heavy enough to. Well, they're, they're heavy you know, for for the, small the smaller business. business. Yeah. They're, they're definitely. But heavy in the for grand scheme, ski- no, I understand. But the, but these are punitive. These these these, these, these 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 small charges to the government mean nothing. This is pennies to the government.
5: Oh, to the government, but they are impacting people that you know. In a sense, it's their livelihood that could, in, in some instances, possibly go away because they're just not that big. No, so no, but I, is that is that no, some one just okay, wanting but, to be the evil. The evil uh, no, but
0: the guys the, on the guys on YouTube who are theorizing about why the EPA is doing this now—they're like, "Oh, it's for the money. It's a money grab." We're like, money grab. This is literally these fines are nothing to the line. government. Sure. nothing. You know, uh, it, it doesn't matter to the government. But this, then, is, there's some other reason
5: that they're doing this. An impact this, statement. You know, it's it, for, forget the money for a second. You know, or, or they're making the the example an example out of the impact industry. statement. But making why? A, a clear example of the of the deal. Um, But then why is something I don't know. That's what I'm saying is if you're rolling
1: back regulation and making it easier for small business, is it because they feel like this is a flagrant, like they're lax in these other areas and this situation is taking advantage of it and it's a flagrant violation? They're saying, listen, we'll roll back to make business better, but then don't flaunt that you're going to not pay attention to us at all I, I don't know you know so there's there's to me i'm just trying to figure out why and i would love if there's any listeners out there who have an opinion on why they think the the epa is now doing this especially under what is alleged to be a more relaxed you know administration truck show podcast at gmail.com would love to hear your input on it you should caveat
5: well, that with constructive opinion. yes yeah, constructive, constructive well i would opinion. actually
0: and, and you can either write us but i'd like to talk to you so if you do have an opinion let's get you on the show and we'll call you um, or leave us, uh, you know, five star hotline six five seven two zero five sixty one zero five. But let's get you on to talk about it because uh, everyone's got an opinion. But if you're in the know, we especially want to talk to you. If you have some insight, if you, I
5: don't if know, if you've been impacted, you know, if you could, if you've been impacted and you can share, that would be something too for your listeners. Just you, know, they, you might have listeners who have businesses who are right now sitting on pins because they don't know which way this is going to swing for them. So if there's someone who has been affected or currently going through something and get, you know, being able to offer whatever they can. As far as insights would be really helpful. Yeah,
0: but, I th- I'm sure we have listeners li- with deleted trucks that are probably trying to figure out. They're like, they're 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 thinking, is the value of my deleted truck going to go up or no. down? Can I resell it? Is it worth more? Like, it's theoretical junk. We,
5: I mean, it, it, the, in, in a big way. If they're if they're trying to resell. Well, what what's going to happen too
0: is
1: if uh, everybody who junked their DPF when they took it off and now scrambling to figure try out to find one. Yeah. yeah. You know, because there's going to be places where at some point you're not going to be able to sell your truck anymore without all that stuff.
5: That's already happening. Dealers are turning that stuff away. Uh, And I've seen in social media and seen on certain websites and such, guys putting the call out, look, I need this, I need that, I need the other, because I'm trying to get out of my truck and the dealer won't take it. Yeah, there's guys who are buying all the DPFs, all the deletes. That's a genius move. Yeah. Yeah. That's a a a a business business, right there. A hell of a business. Yep, it's a no one's gonna move. come around. <laughs> it's a genius move. It's
0: like buying beachfront property. If you have yeah. a place to keep gotta... all
5: that stuff. Absolutely, just yeah. keep it on a shelf or keep it in a storage, you know, unit or something like that. And they're gonna come around and they're gonna come calling. So it was the same way back in the day, like with Mustang for H pipes, and you put yeah, an H yeah. pipe, and then you're looking for a cat system because you have to go get smogged and all that kind of thing. Big money.
0: So, yeah. I, kind of sadistic, but do you feel like I told you so?
5: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I've been feeling like I told you so for a long time now. Yeah. Absolutely. That's, it, that's public knowledge. What that's,
0: does this mean for events like Diesel Power Challenge?
5: Uh, I think Diesel Power Challenge is is still- in
0: Your, the, your in, name was, not you specifically, but Diesel Power Challenge was brought up on a, on a YouTube by, it was either Truck Master or one of the YouTuber guys that are all pro-diesel. Pro what diesel. they say?
5: It sucks? or No,
0: no, not at all. Okay. No, no, no. It was, <laughs> it was complimentary. But one of the guys surmised that you would have to have an emissions approval, uh, uh, not emissions approval, but like- you're just not going to want guys blowing smoke, and it was something like that because I think I think these guys know who you are, know what you stand for, read your editor your your editor's column, um, and the head of the magazine every month, and, and and oftentimes you're speaking on this topic, and they're like, this is going to come to Diesel Power Challenge, and guys who roll in coal may not be allowed in this event. I think they're they're just assuming that's inevitable.
5: It's an assumption, um, inevitability. I don't know. I would like it to stay as is. My concern, actually, in that space, is when. We leave the competitive venues and go to the hotel, or yeah. guys go to dinner or go around. Especially, as a matter of fact, while we were just there, um, the on ramp going towards ATS Diesel Performance was a mobile emissions test on the on ramp. Because they know, they know ATS is yes. right there. It was right there. Have I you couldn't ever get been a picture ATS of it? But I was uh, like, uh, yeah, yeah so so spent a lot of time at so ATS. Right this off last the time. I right. wanted to to get a you know an, an image and use that in a column, but literally a van there. And they had a warning sign like, you come up this ramp. Emissions test, and off to the right there was a van with the sensors and whatever else they use right there on the on
1: ramp. And one dude so, blew coal all over him, you know. My
5: my concern for diesel power challenge is that as we you know progress in Denver, and it's a push because I we have to progress in Denver. That's the home of it, and it's a great
0: location. high altitude. Exactly. Yeah, it's great. It's the
5: perfect place to do it. But um, it's more for the uh, for the off time, you know, when we're on the private properties, Bandimere Speedway, ATS Diesel Performance it's a, sense, well, a you know,
0: raceway that you can do whatever you want on all, a raceway. All, no
5: holds barred, all bets cancel. But once those trucks, which are legal in their hometowns and their states and etc., currently, once they hit the street, it's really going to start to be a new dynamic, and that's what I'm trying to figure out. How do we? Well, you're going to either have we, to make
0: sure that they get uh, flat bedded in, if they're, or they got to they got to be clean. One of the two.
5: One of the two slash. Um, and is, is a, uh, the guy in right Guns and Roses.
0: Right he's now, he's going to be there. He's got a truck. A,
5: there's a lot of different ways um, we could potentially take it and see what gets dangerous. Was when I get on broadcast like this or I say something in my editorial and it's misconstrued and then it goes yeah, across the we, internet. We've and everything talked about in the wrong message.
1: a clean DPC. We've talked about it, and then the internet and the readership exploded and. Push back, and we said, No, this isn't a mandate. This is us having a conversation about in the future, is this where we're going to go? And, and the world. I would love up. to have
5: a quorum of, of diesel yeah. power readers, uh, people in yeah. the industry, et cetera, people that are a part of Diesel Power Challenge. You know, back in, I guess, uh, 2015, um, bottom line, our, 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 our primary sponsor, um, our presenting sponsor, XDP, voiced their concern about that very thing. Yeah. Oh, no, And kidding. how could we modify honestly, uh, the event.
1: we've honestly, we've seen unlimited trucks. I want to see what people can do with DPFs. Oh, absolutely! I I want to see it.
5: I want to see it. I the 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 question is, do we implement it in the current structure, which would be fantastic, or do we now have to venture into a whole other event that's independent of you know the trucks? Can they play together? I don't know, you know, based on how we test, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how that's going to work out. So it's definitely in my mind, and for people listening that are concerned, and I'm glad you brought that to my attention, um, it's something I'm thinking about, and I hope that, you know, sooner rather than later, we get it figured out so that those trucks will have a place to play as well. We had two trucks uh, for this year uh, that didn't get selected, but they were, in a sense, emissions on trucks, mm. which I thought was really pretty bitching. The guys said, you know what, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it a try. And when we read this, you know, the, I read their specs and, and basically took them to the next level to be eligible for voting. That's the thing. Um, there were some who were receptive, some who were just totally opposed to based on the horsepower. Of course, a truck like that is okay. It makes six hundred. Let's just say six and 650. Super impressive. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah. Very, very impressive given what it is. But when you have followers and people that want to be part of it and like the event and they're so they a need sense, a thousand used horsepower, to that 1,000 right. or 1,500 yeah. horsepower, their backlash was why in the world would you even consider it? It's like because it's a brand new truck making 600 yeah. horsepower with emissions equipment on it. Figure that out. So why wouldn't it be welcome to try and let's see what it can do? That's the big thing. Let's see what it can do if it gets in. Not going to guarantee a win. Not going to guarantee a loss. But we have no data on how a truck like that performs in our.
1: I don't. I don't know why you honestly. If you're a competitor, wouldn't you? If you? If you're so hard against it because that truck sucks and it doesn't have a thousand horsepower, wouldn't you say? Well, that's one less truck to compete against. Come on in.
5: You would right. think that. Right. You would think that. But it's just no, we maybe, have maybe such maybe a big hopper are, of purists. people that are that are voting on this thing. And then yeah. one. Of the, and this is all hearsay to me. But you know, the other thing is, oh well, you know what? We'll just vote it in because it's going to be the duck. Yeah. You know, just the assumption that it'll be the duck. So. Uh, but diesel power is way more than just power. Diesel power challenge is driver skill. You were there. It's yeah. set up. It, There's a lot of exactly. things that go into it. It's it's a it's the bottom line. The operative word is challenge, and it's yeah. a collective challenge. Yeah. Diesel power is the vessel. That's 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 all it is. It's not about the diesels power per se.
0: So all right, well, interesting. So what's the follow up with this group that you just came back to uh, from in Colorado?
5: Well, follow up is um, the various committees uh, will have their own meetings. Um, we have to, uh, one of the committees I'm on, uh, actually. I don't know, Okay, I'm the chairman. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> Mr. But, chairman. Oh my, are You kidding? <laughs> he's not Andy a director. <laughs> he's the chairman? Mr. chairman. But anyway, shut the front door. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to get together and have a. a we Zoom need royal conference. music or something. What? Stop, you're I'm the gonna, you're the sound of that guy. Royal music? R- I'm no royal music. I don't know if I have any. Listen, folks, don't mm-hmm. play in any of this stuff. Okay,
1: <laughs> no, please, I don't. please.
5: <laughs> I don't know if we're worthy. I don't know.
0: <laughs> here, here we go. I got it. <laughs> yeah, there we
1: go. <laughs> no. I what Billy
5: Bargain would no, say that's, about emissions. That's reserved only for Billy Bargain. Right <clears throat> no, but um, that, yeah. the <laughs> various committees um, uh, are going to gather separately via Zoom conference and such and continue to brainstorm and, consider, and continue to build this out. That bottom line is right now we're building it out. I don't know how long that's going to take, but uh, we'll work independently and then come together through There's a, a Slack channel that um, everyone bottom line communicates through Yeah, but then of course the committees can meet through Zoom and and however else phone call emails and then uh, the quarterly uh, board meetings will be held. What
0: are we going to see at SEMA in November first week in November what kind of chatter is going to go around about emissions there's got to be you know, because we just, earlier, we read the the email from SEMA talking about these um, EPA regulations and, and how they're starting to cite people, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it was a really long email that went out to their constituency. I've got to imagine that there's going to be, you know, groups talking about this
5: at SEMA, yeah, no? People speaking in hushed tones, you know, that's just nature of the beast. It's going to happen now. No,
0: no, that's not what I mean. A very official no, I mean, like, are they going to call, will they be a group talk with 250 people in a conference room at the Westgate Hotel talking about emissions?
5: I don't know. It would um, be interesting to see if there are. It would be very interesting to see, and I don't know if that would be something that SEMA would proactively schedule, or would that be based on demand by SEMA board, SEMA members, rather, who say, look, you know, we really need to talk about this. I think we're going to have to call Peter Tridy.
0: I mean, we can just go full emissions on this one. I mean, we can do it. <laughs> do we do it? Do we kick KJ out of here and then uh, call Peter? KJ, KJ we're not
1: kicking the, KJ out, but no, KJ I'm wants to go home. home man. You,
0: dude, you look, I'm not. I wasn't gonna say, it, but you do look beat up from
1: the feet
5: I'm, up. I'm going. Home,
0: you dude. look tired. Yeah. I. You know what it was? It was the toothpicks holding your eyelids open. Yeah. That's that was that was the that was the giveaway. I'm right just there. surprised that
1: his eyes turned to sandpaper.
0: <laughs> All right, KJ, we'll get out of here. Go uh, go get some rest.
1: Thanks for stopping by on your way home from, uh, from the airport. And yep. uh, no problem. Thanks we'll for having appreciate me. Appreciate having yeah. your. Uh, Having your voice. Nice yeah. to
5: see you guys in person. I was usually on the phone, so it's know, to right? see you guys yeah. in person. Nice oh, to be Go here.
0: say hello to your pillow. I will. Okay. <laughs> Good night. Dial it up. Dial up, Mr. Tritey. Here we go. This is Peter. Mr. Peter Tritey. It is Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. Oh, what's what happening? What the truck? What Lightning the truck? and Holman, what's up? <laughs> what's
1: going on, man? We uh, we heard that the world exploded uh, this past week, and uh, we figured we'd give you a shout and figure out what the heck is going on.
4: That's right. I'm, I'm watching it all happen from... Uh From my office in SEMA. Uh, Bulletproof glass. (laughs) No, wait,
0: wait, hold on a second. People aren't mad at SEMA. No, no, no. I just feel like if you're going to be that close watching it, if stuff explodes and is going to hit the side
1: of your— Oh, you mean like shrapnel. Yeah. You've got to be protected.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So let's back up. And for those people that maybe didn't hear uh, any of the the, previous episode that Peter was on— Peter Tritey, you are the head of the Emissions Laboratory at SEMA. I believe at- that is laboratory. Laboratory? Yeah. <laughs> <absolutely>. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the SEMA Laboratory, the Specialty Equipment Market Association, and that is a group of all of the retailers, manufacturers, wholesalers. What? You mean they're the more the than just a really big show in Vegas? All of the aftermarket guys come to SEMA for, for assistance, for uh, guidance on
1: all matters, uh, legislative and regulation and advice and all sorts of stuff. SEMA is a, yeah. a great member organization that gives you all sorts of support for your uh, your business in the automotive yeah. industry. And, and one thing yeah.
0: that, that SEMA does and the reason Peter is over there is because at one point it became very difficult and it still is somewhat difficult to develop emissions approved EPA and or CARB uh, go fast parts. And so SEMA said, we will help all of you guys that either can't afford it or don't know how to do it. And then they developed this uh, garage in the emissions laboratory. And then Peter starts working there and he's amazing. And this is where we lean on you to um, educate us, educate us, especially in light of all this controversy that's going on now.
4: Yeah. Yeah. Emissions is definitely the world that I live in. Um yeah, you know, uh, just kind of backing up, you'd mentioned, uh, you know, a lot of people know about the SEMA show, and that, that's kind of, you know, what, what you know, the world sees, but behind the scenes, there's a lot of other um, benefits that we offer to our members. And, and, you know, a lot of that is assistance with Things that would be hard to deal with uh, on your own is as a small company, and uh, so SEMA has uh, a a lot of tools for dealing with emissions compliance. And it extends, it starts with our our Washington D.C. office, office, where we have people that are interacting with um, legislators and people from EPA, and you know, kind of being a watchdog for when things happen legislatively. Uh, And then on down to uh, what we have at the SEMA Garage, our emissions lab, and uh, my role where I'm interacting with CARB on behalf of our members on a pretty regular basis. So, yeah, a lot of tools in there for, for, you know, kind of addressing emissions compliance issues.
1: So, uh, Peter, I have to ask you, when you walk into CARB, do they look at you and go, oh, hell no? Or uh, have (laughs) you forged uh, a relationship with them in the EPA where they go, if we're going to talk to anybody, it's going to be Peter. Are you are you like the the the
0: agent? Uh, well, hold on, the do proxy they, of the industry, or do, do they either lock the door or or
4: welcome you with a beer and a bro hug? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a great question. Um, it can be intimidating to to deal with an agency like that um, if you don't kind of understand what their objectives are and maybe maybe you don't you know haven't established you know some good rapport and you know established some lines of communication my job over the over the course of the last few years and actually extending back you know, to, to when I was doing emissions compliance work at uh, at banks power it's it's all about building relationships and being in communi- you know, regular communication with the staff at carb so that there aren't surprises and it isn't a scary thing and we can sit down at a table and talk things through and that's what i really do on a a regular basis my my job today is to 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 represent the automotive aftermarket industry in front of carb and to be that mouthpiece
0: you were listening into the conversation with clint and Corey, and then you Mm -hmm. heard kj from diesel power what were your thoughts on either of those conversations and let's start with with clint
4: I think uh, there was a lot of good points made. I think Clint and Corey are uh, definitely kind of on that, that trend. Now they, you know, they've seen that there's an issue here that that has to be addressed. And that is we got to move away from rolling coal and have some products for the aftermarket that are sensible, that work with the emissions equipment that's on the vehicle and they're poising themselves to move in that direction and i think that's really intelligent of them any company that's going to survive in this environment has got to pay attention to to emissions equipment and and you know and working within those um uh limitations Parameters. Uh, i can talk right <laughs> right <laughs> uh i could talk a little bit about you know racing and how that's different and you can still make racing products and and uh, there's still a legitimate space for that but we have to be really clear about what's intended for street use and what's intended for race use. So let's,
1: let's start there really quick. Let's go. Let's, I'd like to do two things. I'd like for you to define from your point of view and SEMA, Mm -hmm. maybe just distill really quickly from your point of view, what happened, what the news is this week. And then let's go into racing versus on street use and the gray area that exists between those two worlds.
4: Yeah. Uh, so as far as what happened this week, um, I think there's there's nothing nothing really changed in terms of you know any, any laws or the way that EPA is doing enforcement. I think what what ultimately happened is there was some <laughs> enforcement that happened that became public, or, and and Corey's um, uh, press release you know shed a lot because Corey has a lot of um, influence in the industry. When he comes out and says, "Hey, I'm doing this because EPA is actively enforcing," well, that gets a lot of people's attention. So, as far as I can tell, the biggest uh, thing that happened this week was just that it, it happened to a high-profile guy, or, or at least, you know, you know, Corey is kind of wrapped up in that now, and, and he's he's been uh, making some statements that are relevant to him and his business that's shaking a lot of people's uh, foundations. So, at least from my perspective, that's how, how I see it, is that nothing is, is really all that different. It's just that now uh, people are seeing it uh, a little more obviously.
1: The world's not ending. It's the same world we lived in yesterday. There's just more awareness about what's going on. We're not living in bliss anymore, in, in ignorance. This stuff is happening. It's time to get smart about it. And and I think, so to, to Peter's point, that is probably a distinction that a lot of people don't know. They I, think this I is agree. new.
0: They, they do think this is new. They do think that there is a change in the law right. as of a week ago, and now this guy who was, uh, was on the right side of the law is now on the wrong side of the law. Right. And so these guys, a lot of YouTubers, a lot of yeah. freaking YouTubers, every guy is— going on YouTube and talking about this thing in, in the truck space, and they don't understand. They just, when you watch them, they're like, man, you just really don't understand. So, so let's but help them They've another. all got real strong opinions. Let, let's,
1: I want to hear from Peter. The the racing world, race use only, off-road use only, versus the street use, versus that gray area in between of something that's vind and came from the factory with emissions equipment. Peter, can you walk us through sort of the thought process of those worlds and, and what that gray area looks like today. And you said you can sure. still make those off-road use only parts, but maybe explain how those all interact with each other.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. And, and I think there's a lot of confusion around this and some of that confusion. You know, Holman, is, he only uh,
0: says great question when you ask one. I
4: ask one well, and he just he just
0: answers I, it and moves on. I just put a lot of thought into mine, that's all.
4: <laughs> <laughs> damn it, <laughs> damn it, damn it, damn it. You know, part of what's happening here is that EPA is, to a certain degree, adding to some of the confusion. Um, so, first of all, racing is a legitimate thing. Yeah, racing is is no holds barred. You can do whatever you need to do on a race vehicle. There's, you know, you, you're not required to have emissions equipment. Racing vehicles are not regulated by CARB or EPA. They are, you know, essentially a, a safe harbor. There's not, you're, you're they're not going to come and. Um, fine you for any kind of, of a true race vehicle. A street vehicle is something that's designed and intended for use on the street. It has emissions equipment on it. It was sold originally in a certified format. And anything that's on the street is um, you know has to remain emissions compliant. So that means that vehicle's either staying in its stock condition, or if there's aftermarket performance products on it, those products have had some form of an emissions Compliance demonstration. Now that that can take a few different forms, and that's what I you know deal with all the time. But basically, you know, the, it usually comes down to a product that has a CARB EO number. So those are two very legitimate categories. What gets really, what Sean, what you're talking about, the gray area, that's the question of can I take my street vehicle and convert it? To a race vehicle, this is where the definition of a race car has come into question. And EPA has uh, kind of played with this terminology a little bit. Now, the the way they interpret the law, they'll say, "Hey, you cannot convert a, a street vehicle into a race vehicle." The way SEMA interprets the law, and the way that the law has always been treated for the last three decades, is sure. Lots of cars get converted into race vehicles, and EPA and CARB don't care they're not coming after after those vehicles to enforce against them the problem is that when you have a product like a DPF delete that is a product that is that does not have a legitimate street use it only has a legitimate uh, race use but you've seen you know thousands of those those types of products wind up on the street and epa says hey we need a way to deal with this we have we're going to interpret the law as uh a vehicle can't be converted from its uh, configured uh, from its certified configuration for race use in order to enforce it against these uh these deep uh, delete kits that have been going on. So right now, I think what they're doing is they're leveraging the law, the, the way they interpret the law, in order to, to get some enforcement going where they feel like they need to. Now, what they tell us is, hey, we're not going after race cars. That's not our intent. They're just looking for a way to to clean up um, things that are going on on the street. and realistically, it boils down to rolling coal. I mean, that's really the problem that that they see and that they want to get rid of.
0: Oh yep. the problem is a lot of guys believe that once they own that truck, it's theirs
4: to do what they want with it. so that's a that's an excellent so now lightning, you've made an excellent question here. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait the first one. <laughs> Finally, it only took 88 episodes.
0: <laughs> hey,
1: how,
0: how 89? Mm. 88? I don't yeah, remember. I think they were 88, like yeah. <laughs> Jeez.
1: The
4: way the law is written, and this applies to both um, CARB and EPA, both of them have laws on the books that say, hey, a vehicle sold in its certified configuration cannot be altered from its original state. Okay, So right there it sounds like, hey, I can't make any changes to this vehicle at all. But both CARB and EPA, in the way the laws are written, they have provisions that allow for modifications if – a demonstration of emissions compliance exists for that product. Now, they handle those differently. Uh, CARB has an actual process that you go through and you wind up with a, a document that says that that product has demonstrated emissions compliance. Um, EPA doesn't have such a procedure, but they do recognize the CARB EO as a demonstration of emissions compliance, so that would make a product legal for sale. So It's essentially an exemption from the law when you have a CARB EO. And, and the penalties then can be extended from everyone who makes the product? To those who sell the product, those who install the product, yeah, and those yeah, who use yeah, the product, yeah. it goes all the way down the chain. So everybody is uh, potentially liable. Now
1: they may only go after the manufacturer, and that's been the sort of the you know the the recent history, if you will. But that doesn't mean that they couldn't come after you. Now, from a logistics standpoint, it's not really going to be cost effective for them to go after all these little fish. But just realize. Right. It, you're not immune
0: to it just because the manufacturer is sort of the bigger fish in the pond. Well, yeah. so what happened is, it's so Corey puts out the press release, and the YouTubers start talking about it, and within like three days, now all the guys are talking about. Like, you know, it's only a matter of time until the Highway Patrol can, uh, you know, pull you over. The state trooper can put a mirror under your truck to look for your DPF. Uh, unless you have some insight into that, we don't know if the average guy will ever get pulled over. On suspicion of having no emissions equipment. Well, you're asking a
1: multifaceted question. There are different agencies that can enforce the law. So, no, the EPA and CARB aren't going to pull you over looking for that. They're not going to probably look through the sales records of Corey's business or whoever else and then come to your house and go, you need to put that DPF back on. But, at least in California, absolutely the CHP can pull you over and cite you for not having emissions equipment. So, the two completely different things.
4: The way that usually happens is if they pull you over, they'll probably uh, have you go to uh, referee, one of the referee right? stations to get looked at, and if the emissions equipment isn't on there, then they can flag you in the in the DMV system and that kind of stuff. So, That's a pain and, in the and old think, keister, right? Yeah, um, yeah. So there, there's different ways of, of handling that. Let me let me just speak to. You. I, I think you, you guys made a good point. There, EPA and CARB are not. It, it's not worth their effort to go after individual vehicle owners they're going to go after the source they're going to go you know take it out at the where, where it's where where it makes sense for them to put their energy however it would not surprise me if they did decide to go after individual users if they felt like it would send the right message and if make if it someone an example. Was high profile. exactly if someone is high profile you know they're putting Videos on YouTube or Instagram or whatever of rolling coal and doing whatever they're doing, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see one of the agencies go after someone like that. That's that's noisy.
1: <laughs> Just don't roll coal. So yeah, go make so, some more horsepower instead. How about that?
4: I, I feel like you know, I, I definitely know that there are there's lots of potential for clean power. You know, I mean, I see it every day. That that's what we do in our emissions lab is we're testing products that are making you know, pretty significant horsepower increases and that remain emissions compliant. So so I know that it's possible and I and I think that, you know, when I see the guys that are that are crying about it on, on YouTube, I mean I, I understand what why they're crying, but um but it's 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 misguided, I think. And um and so I think that it, it, it you know, the, for them to realize that there are good products out there that will you know that will honor the emissions equipment um, is is something that they should should be paying paying attention to. As far as why now, uh, you know EPA. W- SEMA is constantly watching this activity. And we, believe me, we're in contact with CARB and EPA all the time so that we understand what their goals are. We can, we can you know, again, it's that communication thing. The more we can communicate with them, the more we'll be aware of what's coming down the road. And, uh, you know, EPA has stepped up enforcement in the last, I would say, probably three to four years. We've seen it ramping up. But what's probably... Um, Making a, a splash right now is this uh, NCI. You might have heard of the NCI uh, document that right. they've released. Um, this is basically them telling the public. Uh, it's, it's basically an informational document that they produce that says, these are our goals for the coming year. You know, th- this is what we've discussed internally, and and here's here's how we're going to be, you know, putting our our efforts out there in the coming years. So uh, they're basically saying, hey guys, we recognize that mobile uh, sources, that you know, pickup trucks and the, and the, and the like are a problem. So we're looking at them and we're going after them for enforcement. So it's basically just they're putting it out there saying. This is what we're going to be doing. So, you know, chances are we could see some increase in enforcement um, even in the, the kind of diesel pickup truck area. Well, and, but, and uh, the,
1: the reason we were asking, too, is obviously if you're listening to the news, you're hearing about the current president and how he's rolling back regulations and the EPA, the EPA is lax and you know, a lot of guys are wondering, well, wait a minute, if, if they're rolling back regulations and the EPA is lax, and these are the messages I'm hearing, why are they going after diesel so hard now? But I think there's a couple things in play. One is the EPA actually isn't lax. I think they still have a mission that, that they're out to protect the environment, but they are a lot more friendly to small business and, uh, businesses and, and regulations trying to get off stupid things off the books while keeping good things. So I think that's part of it. And part of it is I, I think people want to believe what they hear. And they don't want to, you know, they don't want to hear, I guess it's hard to, hard to articulate what I'm trying to say is that with the current administration, yes, the current administration is way friendlier than previous administrations, but a lot of this was already in play over the previous administration and has sort of been goals going forward, right?
4: Yeah, I think that's part of it. But um, I think uh, another thing to to kind of keep in mind is even when you hear about, uh, you know, the Trump administration wanting to to pull back on certain things, they're not talking about removing all limits right um, you know they're 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 probably looking at certain things that they feel are you know, uh, a little over aggressive over the top in terms of you know getting there in the next few years and uh, I'm sure they have conversations with the automakers in, in those areas and, and asking questions about hey what what, you, what can you actually achieve and you know what's a reasonable goal so I think part of it is is that we're not we're not removing all the stops. We're not going back to carburetors and long tube headers. I mean, you know, damn it. So, why so not?
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, you know, we're we're still operating under under a certain set of, of guidelines. I think they're just kind of looking at look, going forward. What's reasonable? And should we be, you know, tightening things down even further, you know, as quickly as Has been proposed, and so I think when you when you hear about rollbacks or pullbacks, that's that's probably the forward-looking standards that are going to get tighter in the next few years.
1: I think that makes sense. Yeah, that's the best explanation. Hey, uh, Mm. I just want to return to Peter. Good answer. Good answer. (laughs) answer. (laughs) answer. (laughs) Nice volley back to him.
0: Yeah, it was great. Great volley. All right. Well, Peter Tridey, SEMA. Emissions Laboratory.
4: Let me give you guys a quick plug. Um, SEMA Show is coming up, and uh, every year at the SEMA Show for the last decade or so, uh, SEMA has hosted an emissions seminar. It's basically an hour and a half of us telling you everything that you need to know about emissions. We will have people from EPA there. We will have people from CARB there. I'll be there. Um, We cover all the newest information that you need to know. So if you are coming to the SEMA Show and you want to know more about emissions compliance and what's going on out on the landscape right now, come to that seminar. You'll, you'll get uh, an earful of all kinds of good information. It's Thursday afternoon, three o'clock to four thirty 30 in uh, one of the, the, the seminar rooms uh, in 258, I think it is in the convention center. Interestingly enough, you don't even actually have to have a show badge to get into that seminar. So Ooh, he's um, telling you how uh, to break in. Yeah, he is giving you the the open invitation. And we you, shouldn't tell
1: people you, to hang out by the you. doors for the guy that is leaving on Thursday afternoon for his badge for Friday, because right. that would be wrong. No, 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 right. don't, don't do that. Do, <laughs> don't, do
4: not, don't, don't but, oh my
1: god, I can't believe you. Just but said this that. is an
4: opportunity. This is an opportunity to come and learn a little bit about emissions. So if, and meet Peter. If, well, yeah. Absolutely. And get your autograph
0: and shake your yeah. hand and say, thank you for doing the Lord's work. If someone it's has questions, anywhere, but... Peter, someone has questions about this in all honesty, and they're not a member of SEMA. They don't own a shop. They don't work at a shop, they, but they are curious because they're mm-hmm. enthusiasts. Where do you, where do you turn? Cause you,
4: you know, I'm, I'm always open to answering questions. I, I feel a lot of questions and sometimes I'm pointing people into the right direction to answer, to get answers to their questions. And that might be a person at CARB or it might be a person at the Bureau of Automotive Repair or, uh, uh, you know, someone in one of those agencies that that knows more about it than I do. My email address is peter at sema dot org. You know, if if you got questions and you're just you, know, you, you need a direction, I'm I'm happy to to try. I, I get a lot of emails, so it might take me a little while to answer, but um, I'm I'm certainly willing to do that.
1: Awesome, very generous of yeah, you. Yeah, we, we we appreciate that, and so
0: does our uh, awesome listeners who are very inquisitive.
4: No, I'm I'm game.
0: All right, well, Peter, thank you very much for uh, enlightening us. We really appreciate it as always.
4: It was great talking to you guys again. All, All right.
0: right. Well, yeah, we will see you at SEMA, my friend. Sounds good. I'm
1: looking forward to it. All right, All All right brother. Later, later skater. skater. Thanks. All right. See ya. I just said later, later skater, to the, yeah. uh, the head of the emissions laboratory. <laughs> yeah, but you guys aren't that far apart in age, right? <laughs> you probably
0: skateboarded uh, in the same era. Uh, yeah, the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Holm and I have a very important announcement for you. I'm waiting. It's time to dance. Yeah! All right. Uh, I'm going to start this one off. You ready? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Waiting for the song to end. Don't care if I'm in tune or not. Just you were not dancing. in tune at all. Know, all right. It's, uh, it's
1: uh, been a long day.
0: This one's from uh, Keith. It says Gentlemen, here's a red diesel pump handle and a little gem. From up in Alberta, Canada, listening since episode number two, and still can't get enough of you guys. Keep up the good work and mount those parameters. You know what? That is a line our wives talk over her. That is a line our wives have never told us. What's that? Mount those parameters? (laughs) Oh, before that. (laughs) Oh, keep up the good work. No, before that. Uh, can't get enough of you yeah, guys. Yeah, the <laughs> one. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he's uh, he's enjoying the, uh, right, uh, enjoying the pump handles. All right, up there enjoying the pump handles. is playing. <laughs> C- they're playing Cinchilla? the yeah, yeah. So this guy, you know, because it's confusing because it's, it's a, a red, red, red freaking diesel. pump handle. Yeah, that's great. What the hell is red?
1: Is that a green cap on the truck and a red handle on the pump? It's, it's a green cap. Yeah. Well, it's diesel. Yeah. No way. Right.
0: Well, yeah, but diesel. Uh, we found like, it. Doesn't mean anything. Christmas colors. He's putting red in the green <laughs> yeah. and the cats and dogs maybe, living together. Maybe
1: it's ag diesel. What's the picture on the What's the gem he's talking about?
0: Uh, that is a, uh, it's like a homemade
1: camper. <laughs> no, you know what it is? Uh, it's a, is okay, it? so it's a long bed, Holy Ram crap, 1500, or With a, short, or tw- bed with on a it. short bed on, so there's and, a big gap between the bed and the cab. Yeah, there's a one foot space it, right there. And it has a, uh, it has a cab over camper
0: that is touching the <laughs> roof. Wow.
1: Oh, that is a gem. Who sent wow. that to us? That
0: is, uh, that is a Keith uh, oh, Tellier. Keith, thank you. That yes. made my day. Oh, his email is woodking.com. That's what she said Oh,
1: I got one from John here and he says My five star review, oops Mm. I don't don't know if I like the oops on the end of that Uh oh Says hi guys, my oops was I finally realized how to leave a five star review And I was going to email you after that But in my overtired state while doing my short review I thought I was emailing you Oops, in my defense I do team line haul So that's like two drivers Cross country, that's like swapping off And one sleeps and the other drives So you never stop the truck we should talk to him while he's driving yeah. at some point. <laughs> yeah, just to keep him awake. He's like, no, I, gotta, I, I, I can't talk because I'll wake up this other guy. He <laughs> uh, says, I go to work Wednesday and go home Sunday after we travel 5,600 miles. I also live. Where does, how do you go 5,600 miles? So that's like from In a that, week. I know, but that, oh, seven, seven uh, Let's see. Yeah, well, Wednesday through Sunday. All right, let's do, let's do the math here. That's what, five days, right? Sure. All right. So uh, if he's doing 5,600 miles- divided by 5 days that's 1120 miles a day. My record is about 1100, so it's doable, but that's just me driving. I bet you though they're they're doing 6-day work weeks. He says Wednesday through Sunday. Oh, Wednesday through
0: Wednesday Sunday. Wednesday
1: through Sunday. So Hot 5 damn. days. Yeah. So 1100 okay. miles a day. So divided by if they're doing 24 hours, that's a pretty good average. That's 47 miles an hour. That's pretty good driving cross country. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, he's wow, okay. motoring. All right. Anyway, he says, uh, I also lived three hours from my job, so on Tuesday this week I went home and got up real early to do everything I was supposed to do in the two days I was home. You know, happy wife, happy life kinds of things. Nope, I'm not nope. sure we're aware of that. Not familiar. Uh, did those things all outside. Mind you, about 14 hours. One thing I did not do was drink much of anything, including water. It was 93 he says, so then the next day I drive to work, go to bed, wake up at 5, work by 12, 13 hours, decide to contact you YouTube because I love the show. So I was very tired and half sick when I wrote it, just like now, but up 18 hours and writing again. But <laughs> I have started with show number one and working my way up. After all, I drive 11 hours a night and got nothing better to do. Now, that's not quite
0: a compliment. Let me just point <laughs> nothing <out. laughs> better to do. That is a very backhanded compliment. He says, "How about
1: a show about cleaning wheels? My Murano is the Midnight Edition that comes with the black wheels, and are a pain to clean. And so far, nothing works. Thanks for a great show, John. P.S. I'll steal the wife and three kids' iPhones so they can all leave five star reviews. Also, well, once I'm to make up for my mistake, I need the i 'I'm sorry' thing. You play. Oh,
0: okay. We are deeply sorry. We're sorry. But John, sorry, we're not sorry. Yeah, no. yeah that's this is we're all John. Sorry, yeah, that's all John. <laughs> all right, you go. Uh, we need a detail
1: episode. We do. De- we actually do need a detail Someone from stuff. like mothers or wires yeah, uh, Maguire or, or, like or yeah. All
0: yeah, right, okay. uh, this one's from uh, Lane Lightning and Holman. I'm Lane, and Hi, Lane. I'm uh, a short time listener, but quickly binge listening to the show as I'm now on episode twenty six. The Gale episode was the best so far. We're gonna talk to Gale again, but we're gonna make it count. I Wait, you listen- didn't think that one counted, three uh, hours not- of the gale? Yeah, I know. <laughs> I listen to uh, at least two episodes a day, if not more, as I travel from my company's headquarters to a job site uh, as they are at least it's two hours away, basically. The greatest thing about my job in the oil field is not that I get to drive trucks, but I get to use, abuse, and experience Chevy, Dodge, and Ford three-quarter-ton trucks in both gas and diesel versions through my company as I haul trailers up to a 40-foot gooseneck. He might know more about trucks than I do. Yeah, carrying iron pipe to oil well job sites on the daily. As much as it pains me to say this, I'm a Chevy guy to the bone, but the Ford rides better on these lease roads than the Chevy.
1: I mm. uh, I can't disagree with that. The Chevys do ride kind of rough. Yeah. And it's funny because like the older Chevys, the new ones are a lot better. But the older ones, the IFS, we used to say it was, you know,
0: all the drawbacks of IFS and none of the benefits <laughs> because it's IFS and it still rides crappy. Yeah, so he goes on to say, I'd like to hear from an engine builder that builds engines for either rock bouncers, trophy trucks, Baja 1000 Racers, as I Uh. went to Sam Tech, that's S-A-M, Sam Tech, and really want to know how they build engines differently to endure wide-open throttle in trucks for so long. Also, like that, truck nuts needs to die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there's that. Nobody wants to see your balls at all. It's almost as bad as an unsolicited d*** pick.
2: <laughs> can we say that? I don't know if we can I, say that. I bleeped it out. Yeah, okay, you had to bleep all it out. Right.
0: Also, all these trucks are girls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I guess most guys name their, their trucks girls. So why do they have nuts? Okay, you know I
1: mean? I, right? <laughs> <That> seems inappropriate. <laughs> yeah. I don't uh,
0: know. Do, do we have to ask Emmy if she would name her truck a guy name? Oh yeah, because she
1: is our she is our uh, our
0: portal into
1: women. But like, we don't had, have
0: any we... No, I think that she did. I think that she had a, a male name for her truck. Well we'll have to ask her. Yeah. I don't I, remember. I, yeah. All I know is that basically any questions that we have about girls, we have to go through Emmy because uh, she's our conduit. Also, I'm almost twenty three, and since I can't remember ninety five, and you can <laughs> <laughs> will you please explain what a walkthrough on a mini truck is? Oh, okay, there you go. Okay, so a walkthrough is this. You got your Toyota truck. Maybe it's maybe it's an extra cab. All right. Maybe. I think it's an extra cab. That was my favorite one. Okay. All right. And you cut the forward section of the bed off, so now it only has only three sides of the bed. Yep. And then you cut a hole in the back of the cab. Yep. And then you take a a, a box and you weld it through there, basically. So the it is now a walk through. So there's the bed connects to the cab. And it's solid. You just now permanently clear, or you it's like do, a Chevy Avalanche. It's like um yeah yeah, but body on frame. The reason you would do that is you can if you do. A, we have a full shell on it. Then you remove. You do a big walkthrough. You remove the glass window and everything. So I guess it's like an avalanche in that respect. I'm just saying in the construction of like how you would imagine the, it being built.
1: Yeah, You're basically removing the bed and cab are no longer separate. And you can walk through from the bed straight into the cabin, vice versa.
0: And some guys would weld it all up, and other guys would just use rubber material or something ghetto. But the reason for that originally is to convert your bed into a subwoofer box. Like the a whole giant, yeah. the whole bed, and, it, you and know, so the like connection out. with the walkthrough allows all that air pressure Base to go to forward. Forward, yeah. And he goes on this is the longest email ever. <laughs> uh, Lane continues. So your jingles are starting to wear on me gradually over time. <laughs> wear on him, or yes. <laughs> yeah. But I'm slowly skipping through them less and less. All right. The, well, the uh, the inside job one is unbearable. But the Innovator Country one is the best. Okay. All okay, right. Okay. I don't disagree. Right. I drive a white 1999 Silverado, uh, a regular cab short box, 4x4 Z71. Nice. And I will drive the old girl until the frame rusts to the ground. It should be in about a year. It's got uh, 225,000 <laughs> miles uh, on the OD, and I beat on it like it owes me money. Five stars, and I wear an XL. Not a chance in a million years, Lane. <laughs> <laughs> but you can go to store.motortrend.com and buy
1: yourself a truck show podcast yeah, no. shirt. thank you very much for the email lane if you missed that in our last episode uh, we now have t-shirts for sale mm-hmm. alright this one is from Shane says light bulb and Holman, and Holman is spelled w-h-o-l-e that's <laughs> <laughs> I guess they mean Holman. Uh I discovered the podcast while looking on the four wheeler website at the beginning of this month and I have listened to them randomly not in order I just went through and counted how many episodes I listened to kind so far.
0: Weird bounce around is the guy doing yeah, yeah, yeah. it like no, but, 1, 34, no but this 12, is funny. Eight. It gets better. I counted how many
1: episodes I've listened to so far, and I've listened to 53. <laughs> so why not just go all the way through? <laughs> anyway, he says it's been great to listen to during my 12-hour shifts, where I operate caterpillar heavy machinery Ooh. with cat diesel power. Yeah,
0: buddy! Yeah, buddy.
1: Mm. After hearing about the Chevy steering wheel being offset and wondered about if my Canyon has one offset or not, as far as I could tell it's centered, well, that's because that is an Isuzu truck mm. and uh, not a General Motors legacy yeah. half Uh It's been a great truck for me. It has the 3.7 liter straight uh, 5, which I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, I remember a funny story. I don't know if I've told this on the podcast before, but this came from a very good source within General Motors. When the 3.75 cylinder, the inline 5, came out, it was replacing the S10 that had the 4.3 V6. And so they were saying it was the power of a six-cylinder with the fuel economy of a four-cylinder, which, of course, (laughs) it was the power of a four-cylinder with the fuel economy of a six-cylinder. But there was a meeting about how to market it, and a person who will remain nameless actually said in that meeting, why can't we call it a V6? (laughs) Like, that is so, so wrong. Anyway, he says uh, he's just at 198,000 miles. I've never seen the check engine light come on a single time. Uh, They were solid engines. They just sucked. So he said, that's my truck review for you. Truck review, F yeah, rolling coal (laughs) and dragging truck nuts. Truck review,
0: F yeah, rolling coal and dragging truck nuts. He
1: says, the uh, podcast is great. I love how much I've learned from you guys and all the guests. My next truck will be the ZR2 Duramax, so I can go off-roading in the Colorado Rocky Mountains, just wish we had deserts near Denver
0: to go hauling ass in. And five stars. Thanks, Shane. All right. We need to do another review segment. We won't do another show, but uh, you and I, whenever we read these five stars, we, yeah. we don't high five like we should. And no, I thought we- I cut it out on purpose. Right. Because I'm saving it for a review segment. Right. So, so we don't I, do it. But I'm hankering to do that. So let's oh. do it in the next episode is okay. what I'm saying. All right. Got it. Got to have some high five, you know, five star action. This one's coming in from uh, Kevin. Uh, morning, boys. Is, I guess it's morning when he wrote us. Yeah, I guess I don't so. not It's not morning now. But, nope. Hey, sitting here pondering. It the, will be morning shortly, though. <laughs> <laughs> if we keep going. Sitting here pondering the age-old question, when should I get this new truck, kind of like lightning, just mulling it over too long? I feel your pain, brother. I've had this 2003 Chevy 1500 Z71 for about 13 years, almost 200,000 miles now, and I want an HD to pull a fifth wheel for the family. I want the new 2020, but it makes me so mad that Chevy doesn't offer the surround view in its lower trims like its competitors do. I'm hoping they correct this for the 2021 or maybe offer it in the SLE or GMC. I'm not fancy and I don't need the higher trim amenities or that higher price for that matter. Never understood why GM uh, does this when Ford clearly does it the right way. Makes me sick to say that. But again, boys, just a rant. Have a fine morning here and from the great state of Texas, Kevin. Uh, you know, Texas, where i mean honorary Texan. Mm, not really. Yeah, no, I am. I have a flag. Nope. It's right here. Nope. Doesn't make right you a Texan. Right there. I, nope. Honorary. Born and raised in Huntington Beach, California. That's actually true. Uh, Garrett
1: sends one that says, howdy from Kentucky, which mm-hmm. by the way, they have some good bourbon down howdy there. Howdy to Kentucky. Uh, he says, whole man and jaboobies. Boy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I like jaboobies. Jaboobies. Yeah. J-boobies. Yeah. Uh, just wanted to say I really enjoy the show. I heard about you guys on The Muscle Car Place, have slowly listened to every episode from day one, and finally caught up. When Holman tested the Gladiator a few weeks ago, I tagged him in a photo of my shop page. I built a bed cage for local Jeep dealership's show vehicle, and while I had it, I got to spend a little time with it in the field behind my shop. I got to say, it was quiet, and the interior is very nice, especially compared to my JK. What's your opinion on the hard tops versus the soft tops on Gladiators? Personally, I can see why most of them have been ordered with a hard top. For some reason, it just looks like it fits the truck better. Um... I would order a hard top because I'm a hard top guy. The soft top's a little bit on the noisy side, uh, but I like the look of the soft top better, especially when you zip out the rear section. You can have the way the top is. It can overhang. It can fold back. It just It's it's and I just love the way it looks with the soft top. Personally, I would order with a hard top, but I like the way it looks with the soft top, especially with the windows zipped out. It's pretty cool. Okay. He says, uh, also, unlike Jaboobies, I actually have a truck. <laughs> It's a a, a 1964 Dodge D200 three-quarter ton camper special with a 318 poly engine and push-button torque flight 727. Nice. I was told that the swept lines didn't sell as well as the Ford or Chevy at the time because they were ugly. true. Uh, But personally, I kind of dig it. What do you guys think? The suckage continues to drop, so keep it up, fellas. And that's a Garrett from G-Force Off-Road and Racing Fabrication in Crittenden. Kentucky. I think
0: it's uh, kind of ugly, but I like
1: it. No, it's it, it's like I can see why people back then would think it's ugly. Mm-hmm. I still think it's ugly, but it's ugly in the way <laughs> it's ugly in the way a CJ3B high hood flat fender is. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like bulldog ugly. Like it's so ugly, it's sort of cute and has personality it now. Comes full circle. Yeah, I think it's totally come full circle. I look at those trucks now, and I think I I, I love the side of a swept line. I love the way the round headlights and the grill are, and it's just one of those trucks that I think has aged well over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, in its day, it was like, ooh, why would you have that? You have a bow tire, you have a Ford. But uh, the Mopar stuff's starting to come on, so it's, it's kind of cool to see there's other people out there who, who agree with us. So, okay. Anyway, that's it uh, for Inbox.
0: It's a pretty decent show. We uh, talked all sorts of emissions. Well, I think our takeaways uh, on this particular episode are uh, don't roll coal <laughs> or you go will go to jail to jail i'm just writing this down so <laughs> yeah, don't forget yeah, okay, okay. Go, go to jail uh the 2020 nissan titan is rad okay yeah like okay that. that's good and the final takeaway from this episode is figure out proper spelling of Jabubli. <laughs> <laughs> there, there. I, I wonder if we went
1: through all of them. There's probably 20 spellings of Jabubli. <laughs> I don't even know how that started, but it, it does. Crack I, me up I think fierce. I was saying something, and I, I said your name is Jabubli, or what's? I, I don't even I don't remember. Know. I know I, was, know.
0: I know. I coined it. But how does lightning get from? How did it go from lightning to, to Jabubli? You know, what's sad.
1: I don't even remember what episode that happened
0: in. <laughs> like, I want to go back and hear it, but we've done so many. This You'd is 88. you never find it. You'd I
1: would never, never find it. never find it. If we have an average of two hour shows, 88 episodes, like <laughs> maybe if I went to prison, I could find it because I, I would listen know. to all the things I did on the free world on the outside. Uh, but
0: just FYI, there's a good chance you may end up in prison. So Why? There, I don't, I'm just, just, just well, in I, general? No, I can't tell you. No, oh, it's okay. It's been, it's, it's been embargoed. Oh, oh, embargoed.
1: It's because I associate with you, clearly. Okay, uh, that's different damn sure <laughs> oh all right well I, I for one love the new 2020 titan can't wait to go see it in a couple weeks where i will bring you back the insider information everything you want to know about the new truck
0: can't
3: wait the truck show the truck show the truck
5: show oh, oh. all
0: right we do want to read your email Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com that's truck show at gmail.com and i feel we've kind of slighted you guys we didn't get a chance to uh Play your five-star hotline messages, 657-205-6105, 657-205-6105. Uh, if you've got an opinion about Dieselgate, I guess it's not Dieselgate. No, it's just, it's just, emissions just gate. M- or missions Does it affect yeah. you? Do you, get, you? You heard us talking yeah. about earlier. earlier. Uh, we Send want your thoughts. opinion. Yep, 657-205-6105. Or um, leave us your number and we'll call you back and we'll get you on the show. Yeah, and uh, don't forget to hit us up on socials at Truck Show Podcast on either Instagram or Facebook. But the most important takeaway from the show is buy your 2019 Nissan Titan right now. Unless, of course, you want to buy a 2020 because well, they I are mean, badass. They are badass, but I'm just saying. You get a good deal. You're going to get a good deal. Both have a five-year, 100,000-mile warranty. You need to go. NissanUSA.com. You need to go. The good part is you don't have to turn off this podcast. You can like veer off right now. Oh, while you're listening and to it in your car. You're assuming they're
1: driving. Uh, well, are they not? What else would they be doing? Uh, Driving a Caterpillar- uh, or a com- com- combine, a combine or something? A, a, <laughs> right? long haul truck where you can't make it off the freeway to the, the Nissan dealer because you're driving 1,100 miles, you can't stop. May- maybe for the so. Time?
0: Maybe so. I'm just saying, get yourself a freaking Nissan, bro. Nice, NissanUSA.com. <laughs> Nissan aw oh, damn! Did you hear that, bro, Seth? No, the suckage meter pin. Yeah, dude. dude, it was awful. <laughs> it just went, boom. It just hit the needles like, ding, uh, ding, ding, Sucks. Ding.
1: Damn it! All right. Well, uh, don't forget to uh, <laughs> check out our friends over at DeckDeck.com for all of your storage solution needs for your uh, midsize, full size truck. or my Orbit, All needs? of them. Every single you, one. Hey, you can put one in your house, or <laughs> I care. You might my need one. one. <laughs> your garage is actually small enough where you could slide a <laughs> deck system in and have extra storage. And because it holds 2,000 pounds, you can park your Mini on top of the deck system uh, in your garage.
0: I'm sold!
1: <laughs> <laughs> com And uh, I don't know what you're up to this week, but I am out of here tomorrow, and I cannot tell you where.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I can tell you where. What? I can't tell you what I'm doing. Well,
0: why would you tease me? Like, why would you tease anyone like that? I'm would bringing the that? recorder with me. Yes?
1: I'm going to another state <laughs> to go drive some stuff that won't be out for a while
0: embargo
1: and i cannot wait to talk about it because
0: it's going to be really cool you test my patience something